enable third-party cookies. <laughs> You're listening to the only podcast in the universe where clothing is optional, but pot is not. Broadcasting from FEMA Region 7, it's Bowl After Bowl with your hosts, Lorian and Spencer. Wow, 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 wow. Do you mind if I do it, Jay? He does seem a bit woozy, doesn't he? Spark one up. We spark one up. We have blunts here. I've never done a blunt. I'd do one. In the bulb. Not to tell me you've come here looking for pot. No, you would never come here looking for pot, would you? Nah, not the bowlers. Well... Whatever you come here looking for, I bet you'll find it. It is Tuesday night, June 14th, 2022. I am Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City. And I am Dame DeLorean. This is Bowl After Bowl. That's right, that's right. Still alive, despite the odds. Live and lit and alive. Hard to believe. Appreciate all you being here on another Tuesday. The show must go on. That's right. That's what I said. I was not convinced, but here I am. Especially with episode 169. 169. I mean, you can't really skip it. 69! 69, dudes! Can't postpone it. Can't jack around with it. And it's one of the only ones I can't do alone. Something (laughs) about, I don't know. Maybe this afternoon sometime. I just started feeling awful. And it was only about 20 minutes ago I puked my absolute guts out right over there in the in the studio. In the bowl of the bowl. Uh, bowl, bowl. Yeah, that's perfect. Toilet bowl, of course. So we'll see how this goes. I'm going to hang in there, do what I can. Yeah, and I'll be here. And, uh, I don't know. I don't know if it was the leftovers that we had, because none of you got sick. No, we all ate the same food today. Um, we all ate the same food yesterday. Might just be running around too much. Too much. I'm hitting my limits. I think so. I'm hitting my limits. Just looking at my calendar and stressing out very much because uh, everyone kind of agreed that uh, June 25th would be kind of the cool day for the next Casey, you know, no agenda meetup. Yes. And uh, I still don't have like a venue picked out or a time or nothing. And it's a week from Saturday, so I don't know. I don't know if that's going down or not. I kind of asked in the Telegram group if anybody would uh, be so kind as to maybe suggest a venue or something. Help me brainstorm at least and uh, maybe plan. Nobody touched that with a 10-foot pole. No, I know. Uh, and I was just kind of, it was da- I was down here over the weekend and trying to rearrange and look at my calendar and fill stuff in and catch up on some clients. I took on a new buyer, which I don't even know. It's a great time for buyers in the real estate market. Oh, yeah. It's such a wonderful, <laughs> lovely fucking market. So I took on a new buyer looking for stuff. And also I have something on the uh, market trying to get that off. It has no air conditioner, so that's going well right now. Ooh. I'm kind of... Uh, Tough sale. I'm heavily pushing to get an AC installed right now so that we can get that thing maybe unloaded. But, uh, yeah, and I'm just looking at... Um, trying to prep for a work uh, teach next week. And I'm just like a little overwhelmed with all the stuff. And now you're in the bowl. All the stuff. So It's the time to kick your feet up, 
do a J, feel good, enjoy yourself. You got all your clothes off already. Well, we did, uh... We had a great week. We kicked back and relaxed. It was a, it was a great birthday. Yes. Which uh, you always ensure it is. Of course. Which I appreciate. But, uh... Played some pinball. We did some, uh... Yeah. And wandering around the, uh, This beautiful city. Yeah, the Union Station and such. Yeah, and the pinball shop. Wow. What a joint. Five bucks, all you can play. There's like 38 tables or something in there. There's a repair shop down there. So, oh, they had this cool bowling game, but it was uh, down for repairs. But it's like pinball, but you gotta no- you can knock down the pins, it looked like, as mm. you progress through the game. Oh. Yeah, I feel like I've seen that somewhere else or seen pictures of it or something. Yeah, everyone was cool. People had their podcasts advertised down there. They do some like league stuff. Which is like $4 to enter. Our crowd. Our crowd. It was uh, awesome wandering in there. And then, you know, we had the kids with us. And pinball tables are taller than them. But they have little stools and whatever. So first they were just watching Spence play. But before too long, you know, the girls were like, I've got to play. So I was just like, all right, dude, take my 10 bucks. The kids are playing. (laughs) And I'll just hold the baby. And then, you know, when a kid is like, ah, screw this one on the second ball. I'll finish off the game. That place is called uh, Solid State Pinball Supply, by the way. I highly recommend it. It's down on Troost. And, uh, yeah, get out there and play some pinball. Solid State Pinball. I'll put a link in the show show notes, too. Um, Because that was a fun, fun thing to do about Kansas City. Yep. It's a good time. Then we went the next day to Science City. Because we didn't really have time to do it on my birthday. What did we do before the pinball? I'm trying to remember exactly. I know we got that big ass pizza. That I was think after. That was after. Yeah, that was a crazy huge pizza, by the way. It was like forty-eight inches or something. I don't know. Very thin crust, but the way they sliced the slices, I mean, the crust had to be like eight inches. Or yeah, the slice was like eight inches wide. Yeah. And then it was like twelve inches long. Crazy. It's wild. I really can't remember. Yeah, I think we did. Uh, Crown Center, and we let the kids have a heyday. There's like a Curious George uh, indoor playground that's in town right now. They always have like a rotating indoor play world thing at Crown Center for the kids, which is cool. It's by the Coterie Theater, which does all kids shows. So they played around there, and and it's free. You can't beat that. Uh, We looked at the Union Station Museum, and... Learned about all the refurbishing that went down. We thought about going to Science City that day, but we did not. Yeah, we ended up going the next day. Yeah. But it was a load of fun. That was fun. Yeah. And then you can apply the price that you paid to a membership and go anytime you want for free. So we did that, too. So now the kids are begging us to go back, which is uh, neat. Yeah, it's like you can't do all this stuff in one day. No, that's for sure. So Kansas City's awesome that way, too. We're like, now we've got the zoo membership. We can go for free anytime. We got the Science City membership can go for free anytime. And then there's all these discounts to the movie theater that's in Union Station and Dollar Popcorn or whatever, since you're a member. Lots of perks, man. Yeah, it's fun. That's great for families. That's really cool. The next day, I worked out in the miserable heat uh, backyard baby shower. Ah, yes. Which was, I don't know. The bartending gig. It was just hot. Paid well, but it was really hot. 
Yeah, but you brought a little plastic baby home yeah, they that they these, played a game with. This game where they had baby onesies, then they used them as like catapults or whatever. And they were launching these little plastic babies across the yard and like their teammate, partner, or whatever, would stand with a plastic tub and catch them in the tub. That was one of the games. This other game was like a fashion contest and they gave everybody like uh, a bag that had like ribbons and uh, like 20 diapers and a bunch of pipe cleaners. You were supposed to make like some kind of a fashion show entry out of it, some outfit. Sustainable fashion. (laughs) Yeah. You'd have it forever because the diapers don't disintegrate or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. So that was interesting. (laughs) Interesting. And then Sunday, I thought was kind of like a kickback day. And then we went out to eat. (laughs) And I didn't realize, I forgot, that that was the day we were supposed to get those chickens. Yes. From our good man, Douche Bar. That's right. Who, uh... Pasture-raised. It's the man who gave us this bell. What a dude. And, uh, so... Well, we had on the calendar, bar chickens. Yeah. And it's just like, didn't think anything of it. I don't know what... We thought it would have Yeah, meant. I looked at bar chickens and I was like, hmm, bar chickens. Yeah, hmm. Okay. I don't know what that is. But we were sitting at a Buffalo Wild Wings. And I get a text from him. He's like, y'all still coming out? And I was like, oh, shit. Douche bar chickens. <laughs> and it kind of dawned on me what that meant. And then... Uh, and it was like, right, coming up on 7 o'clock. And he had said in his post on No Agenda Social... Pick up their chickens between three and seven. Yeah. So we look at each other wide eyed. Oh, no, 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 no. We got to go. We got to (laughs) go. I was like, hey, if it's too late, like we can come tomorrow. But like I'm an OP and I could come right now. You know, I'm still I was we were like a little more than 30 minutes from his place. Closer to his place from our house. So it wasn't like we were further away. He was like, oh, it's taking us longer than uh, we expected anyway. So come on out when you're done. It's fine. We got there like a little after eight beautiful place they've got out there yeah little kansas farm you know gorgeous it's kind of like a piece of the dream like a slice of the inspiration and uh we had chickens and goats pigs some horses you said they had an emu a mule i heard from a child there was an emu hmm i didn't see the emu lambs legend emu uh like yeah sheep a mule all of this uh all these animals man Beautiful farmhouse, beautiful f- wife and kids. <laughs> the kids were all great, and that was the best part. Like, the kids just, like, hit it off right away. Yeah. And I feel like the kids need, you know, all the friends they can get. Definitely. So, yeah, we ended up kicking it and uh, watching them process our birds, and well, we, it was, like, 12.30 by the time we left there. So yeah, rolled out after midnight. Stayed for hours. And all uh, the kids like did so friends. good. His kids, our kids. Yeah, I mean, his kids were impressive, man. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, his older ones were so great with our kids. It was awesome. Yeah, so thank really you. Really inspiring. Yeah, thank, thank you, you Douche Bar and family. For we the love lovely you guys. chickens and the lovely time and hope to be back again many times. Yes. Oh, then last night, Billy Bones came through into yeah, town. Yeah, Billy Bones rolled through KC. How awesome was that? So epic. Billy Bones on his way to uh, his new land of the free, escaping Washington State. And uh, we took him out. Where else? You know, same place we take everybody the first time to the Freight House Jack Stack. And uh, had a delicious meal, delicious Jack Stack barbecue. Kind of a tour of the city 
as far as meats go. Yep. So we get like the family style platter. So, you know, they get you the cheesy corn and the slaw and the and the beans. And then you get the taste of KC, which is ribs, uh, brisket, pulled pork, and some chicken, some smoked wings. But then on top of that, you got to get some burnt ends too. Yeah, we added those on. Oh, and of course they're onion rings. <laughs> and then like a tower, a gargantuan tower of onion rings, yeah. And yeah, it was delicious. It was awesome. Billy Bones is uh, exactly as badass as you would imagine him to be. Yep. What a fucking dude. Great guy. And then we just kind of did a little walk tour. It's funny, because when you come to Kansas City, and it's Monday evening, it's like, uh, there's nothing. There's nothing open. Everything closes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the city that goes to bed early on school nights, you know? <laughs> the city that loves to sleep. <laughs> the city that, that's my kind of town, you know? It's like, uh, it's 8 o'clock, why aren't you in bed? <laughs> <laughs> or at least getting ready for bed. It's a school night. But uh, not in the summer. It's not a school night. Yeah. The, at least the skywalks were open. Yeah. So we ended up walking through. We walked over the tracks into Union Station. Um, There's a couple of cool Lego exhibits of uh, little trains they've got. The big train, model train room was locked down. So that was closed. Couldn't go in there. We tried to take him up. There's like, if you go up to the third floor in Union Station, then the main hall, there's like a... A balcony with like these little displays of the renovation process and little trinkets and uh, mementos from the whole process that they did. But the elevators were shut off, and I think they were like mopping and polishing the floors and stuff up there. And they had it like all locked down. So then we further went to the Skyline, went over to Crown Center. <laughs> Nothing's open in there. Everything was closed, but you could still walk through, which was cool. Yeah. And so then I was like, yeah, you want to walk? to a park i guess like a playground so these kids can run around and i was like you know i kind of felt sheepish because i was like i didn't really have an itinerary or anything you know and um i didn't expect everything to be closed i thought union station would take up thought, as long as we wanted yeah, I you thought know something <laughs> would be open up in in part of that complex somewhere but i was kind of just like you know i feel bad because i want to you know i want to hang out do stuff with you i like my instinct is just to bring you back here and just kick it. But with the car, you know, we don't have another seatbelt. Yeah. Like, we don't have another room for even a single extra ass. That's why we need a bigger car, dude. So, yeah, I mean. Next time he cuts up to KC, we'll have a bigger car. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Pick Next your time. ass up, pick up your doggo, too, and we'll go for a roll. That's right. <laughs> but no, he was totally gracious about it. And I was like, no, I just... Um, you know, he had he had started an early morning that day too, so he was uh he was ready to call it a night by then anyway. Yeah. Once we were done with the playground and the park. We had a nice walk and kinda it's great views of the city if you just walk that uh area and especially up the hill and through the skywalk and everything, you get some nice views. Yeah. So that ended up being great. Ended up being great. Did miss the uh epic three hundredth hog story live last night. Um, but I was able to catch up on that this morning. We heard it, so it's a great show, awesome show. Congrats, the Hogs for three hundred. Yeah, we love you, Hogs. And uh, now you're talking about trying to find a venue for the No Agenda Meetup here in Casey, and I had thrown out that playground we were at. Yeah, just because you know it's free. There was a little shelter there. 
Yeah, I'll have to look and you don't see. Have to reserve it. It's just that there's no parking, like no good parking situation, yeah. it seemed like. You had a street park and... Eh. Park, I mean, Parking would be a pain in the ass. Yeah. I'll figure something out. We may have to just push into July, is what I'm th- thinking at this point. Oh, if you feel Could, like this for much longer. <laughs> I mean, because we already said we needed more notice on the last one, you know? And so, even if I picked, like, right this second a venue... And then made a promo for Thursday's show. Yeah. It still wouldn't be any much extra notice. You know? You're right. So I think that we'll probably push that into July. But that's all right. Yep. The uh, the show keeps rolling, you know. That's right. Uh, I feel like I need a, just like a month sabbatical. Just disappear. Come back <laughs> like a while, you know. Uh, I can, best I can do is five days. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it is Father's Day this weekend, so uh, yes, you know you gotta. True. I'm gonna true. have you kick your feet up and enjoy yourself this weekend. Yes, indeed. Well, but, I hope I hope that's the case. I can't wait. Yeah. Um, it's great time to thank some folks, though. Yes. You are the reason that the show must go on, and uh, we don't skip sick days. <laughs> it's you, the bowlers, man. You uh, give us encouragement in the back channels, um, and Lorian. Really pushing me to just uh, power through it, get over it. I said it's 169. I can do a solo show someday, but not this episode number. <laughs> 169 is a special one. Yeah. Indeed, a special one. And uh, you can be special, too, uh, if, you, if you just play along with our value for value model. The, prop, the proposition is this. We put this thing out there every week. And uh, we even do bonus bowls with buds, just like we did on Sunday with Dergigi. GG, that was epic. Yes. Um, if you haven't listened to that, you can go with a, uh, you can go over to bowlswithbuds.com for that and all of our uh, interview format shows. So that's kind of where we, whenever we can get a new bud in the bowl, uh, we hang out, get to know him better, and uh, talk about the pressing issues of our time. And uh, yeah, we talked a lot about Bitcoin. He is the uh, author of um, 21 Lessons. Yeah. 21 Lessons is a Bitcoin book. So uh, it was really it was really fun and eye-opening and uh, got to talk some old stuff that we've talked before, but also some new ideas. Uh, he turned me on to that uh, professor, the uh, other professor at the University of Toronto. Oh, yeah, Verveke, or I'm probably sounds, butchering the pronunciation. Right. Yeah. But, but with uh, the meaning crisis? Yes, that's right. What's his topic? Yeah, his whole theory of the the meaning crisis, the crisis of meaning that we're going through currently. And uh, yeah, it was just an excellent time. So people seem to really enjoy it. I've been getting a lot of positive feedback. Um, I'm looking through some boostergrams here. And uh, yeah, the value for value, we put it out there. If you get value from it at all, we ask that you'd send value back in some way. And this is a list of people who have sent it uh, some value in the form of digital Bitcoin, which uh, you can do in little tiny micropayments over the Lightning Network. It's fascinating. Um, if you want to play along, all you got to do is take off all your clothes and go to nudepodcastapps.com. Get yourself a nude podcast app. And uh, you can do all sorts of fascinating things with it. In fact, uh, episode 101 of Behind the Schemes... They had last Sunday with uh, the one and only Dave Jones. It was Boobs and Dave uh, on the mics. And he got a little split 
for the uh, Abel and the Wolf song that he played during the intermission. Oh, oh, nice. So as I'm scrolling through the helipad here, I've got a lot of behind the schemes boosts, <laughs> which is really fun. Um, and we had a three split off of that for, uh, he was uh, gracious enough to give us like 3% of the show for uh, just providing one of the songs for intermission. So um, it was like an epic, epic value tag that Boobs had put in there. It easily is a record breaker for the most splits uh, in a tag. I don't, I don't, never heard anybody come close to uh, how many splits he had. It's so awesome too, just to see all that value being able to be programmed in, and you can just say, "All right, this is a portion for you. This is a portion for you." You can carve all of that out automatically, and then that's royalties forever. Same with our Gigi episode. If you boost uh, the Gigi episode, a third of that will go to Gigi and his node forever. So that's the beauty of this uh, system. It's part of why we love it so much and uh, why people are having a really good time. Um, oh, I also sat down with Kyron. Yes. On Friday. So uh, some boosts are coming in for that, uh, for his show Value for Value. So um, you want to yeah. check that out, Value for Value with Kyron Down. Yeah, that was a fun one. It was, and I was actually on a video stream, Whoa. which was a little different. But you're all set up for it. Since I am. You yeah. Teach it's like now that virtually. I now I do the virtual teach thing. It's like oh, all the stuff's here, perfectly fine. So, um, we did get a boost uh, for the Gigi interview, uh, sixteen ninety from Woody username thirty. Happen to know that that is Mitch from uh, the KC Bitcoiners, who says love it out on bitcoins in on Sats. Yes, that's right. We brought up, is it Bitcoin or Bitcoins? Yeah, that and seems we, to be I mean like a, <laughs> a big uh, debate that flared up within the Bitcoin community. Uh, from Tales of the Crypt, I think, is where it originated. Um, and yeah. But we're stacking he Satoshis. Said, he said Bitcoin or Bitcoins, it's it's called Sats. <laughs> we call them Sats. <laughs> so we're, yeah, we're stacking Sats, you're right. You got to stack on the dip, you know. Oh, yeah, this is the perfect time. Bully Steed, do we... Uh, call our boosty steed sometimes also out of fountain 3333 on the gg episode who says Woo. possibly the most important episode i have listened to date thank you for the gift of gg well oh absolutely when we uh heard him on um podcasting 2.0 we knew that we had to talk to the dude yeah. eventually so it was a long time coming we had to reschedule and then he had a big move that he was going through so the reschedule had to be like pretty far in the future but uh, everybody's set up now and getting good to go so yeah we uh, pumped it out on sunday yeah we can bake uh 4269 came in from harv hat who loves to start that boost off right uh with the pre-stream boost 69 69 dudes little combo 420 and 69 love the numbers that's out of the uh curiocaster live tag we appreciate that. Thank you, Harvat. Uh, 6969. 6969! Dude! From our friends over at the Lotus Effect, Phoenix and Phone Boy, uh, the note is, tune in Saturday at 4 Central for the Lotus Effect with Phoenix and Phone Boy. Boost the bowl. We love Sir Spencer and Dame DeLorean. Well, Aww. thank you. And we love you. You and sweeties. Huge shout out to you guys. They are currently bouncing our stream onto the No Agenda stream. Because we were having a hell of a time yes, trying to get on. Appreciate that as well. Weird internet issues today. Maybe we talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Um, 
A boost just came in from Boobery. Hey, Boobery. He's Thank a you. Seven, 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 seven out of fountain. Woo. And uh, he said, I'm feeling drippy. Boost the drop. Hell Got yeah. That drippy drop, man. So uh, cheers and appreciate that. And uh, finally, 3333. Uh, out of fountain, baby karma for Phoenix and Phone Boy. Woo, baby karma. Some baby karma. I think I have some of that. Uh, <laughs> There you go. Yeah. Baby karma to ya. Baby karma to ya. I am, speaking of our internet issues, I guess this is a perfect time to talk about it because I am desperately trying to get into the PayPal account. And it, it's got to be some kind of a network uh, issue that's, that's fucking me up here. But not only were we not able to connect to the NA stream, just certain, uh, I don't know if it's DNS, I don't know. But uh, certain crap just is not loading for me. Um... And it's it's all on the network. So Telegram on the phone, nada. It just keeps saying connecting and uh, spinning around. Um, most sites won't load images. A PayPal, it looks like it's working. It's like in basic HTML. But <laughs> yeah, there's no style sheet. There's like no CSS or JavaScript loading. Which uh, I know some some of you would argue. Well, that's fine. That's better. <laughs> but will it let you log in? You brutalists. Uh, I am not sure. I'm hitting this continue button. It's just not responding. Password. It's going to probably be tough with no... Uh-oh. Now I got a UI. Interesting. I don't know. I don't know what the deal is. Uh, but I did look, and uh, I know that we do have two uh, PayPals that came in. First of all, C-Dubs. Yeah, His C-Dubs. 420 Stonation. Woo! Came in. Monthly Stonation of 420, which we appreciate very yeah, much. Yeah, thank you. And secondly, uh, the lovely Quirk S. Oh, Quirk S. Woohoo! Is back with a 3369, or excuse me, a 1369. Thank you, Quirk S. 69! 69, dudes! And she had a note, and I'm sure it was wonderful, and that's what I'm trying to get to. And uh, it's just absolutely shitting the bed on me. Yeah. I don't understand. If we can't get there, we'll definitely read it. In the next bowl. Yes. Once so. this all gets smoothed out. Uh, Very strange problem. Never re- had anything like this before. But yeah, I was saying earlier, I can't get to the Associated Press website, <laughs> which I know you, is oddly specific. If you go to uh, Twitter. the yeah, Twitter the, does not open. The bird shite, like the little birdie loads with the black background. But then it'll just spin forever and then eventually it'll be like, failed, try again. Uh... Gmail is not loading for me right now. Google.com took too long to respond. And it's like, try checking the proxy and firewall. Try checking the connection. So, uh, what's that all about? I power cycled the router. I power cycled the, uh, fiber box that is separate from the router. Um, what can I do? What can I say? It's, uh, fucked up on all my devices, you know? Whether it's my phone, whether it's my, uh, what have you. It's, uh, it's all over the place. So here, luckily, I think offline, I can load it on my phone, these emails that uh, loaded earlier. Ah, oh. and it's looking like uh, I do have Corkass's note. Yay! Uh, she says, for everything you beautiful creatures are and do, I genuinely appreciate and truly thank you. Much love and blessings to you, M. Aw. Well, thank you, dear. Yeah, love and blessings to you, Corkass. We love, love you. And we love all of the... Uh, 
all the bowlers out there. All the bowlers that keep this thing rolling, man. Because, you know, there's days where uh, I really am like, hey, let's just take a week off or something. And uh, I don't know. It's like uh, the show must go on. It yeah. truly is the pull of, um, you know, this thing is so much bigger than just us, you know? And we feel like uh, some of you are counting on us, so we don't want to let you down. The two boosts that you just heard come in, one was 69, 69. 69, 69 dudes! <laughs> that was from N.A. Millennial. All right, thanks, Nom. Also known as Dan Gehrig of the uh, Millennial Media Offensive, MMO.show. Also known as uh, Greg Daniels. Yes. <laughs> also known as Tim Allen with uh, laser eyes. Uh, illness is just the feds leaving your body, he says. Well, good. Fuck <laughs> off. Get them out of my router, too. Yeah, seriously. Goddamn fucking feds. Oh, 3333 sats. Uh, Mickey says, thanks for a wonderful weekend, Thor. <laughs> so thank you, Thor. Well, thank you, Thor. Oh, now look at that Gmail. Just pops up like boing. See, another thing is this: this stuff is taking forever to resolve, and so sometimes it just won't, and then eventually, boom, it'll finally just like come in. So, Boobery in the chat tells us that uh, uh, Dan sent the first porn boost last night. What is a porn boost, dude? Oh, that's not a porn. That's just a lady with big old titties. I see. Cool. Look at you. Yeah, big titties. Big old titties. You like big old titties. Speaking of big old titties, I wanted to talk about our last episode title, uh, 167. Oh, yes. It was uh, titled Big Titty Milk. And uh, the boys over at Rare Encounter noticed, uh, Abel Kirby specifically, noticed that uh, some places it was big titty milk and other places it was big milk. And what's the deal with that? And we've had this happen before uh, with some... I can't remember the name of the episode, but it had the word ass in it. I do remember that much. <laughs> yeah. And Podbean, if you use naughty words in your title, will just straight up just remove them. And uh, you just hit submit, and it doesn't say, like, doesn't give you a red error. It doesn't give you a warning. It doesn't do anything. It just just simply removes that word from your title in your RSS. And, of course, you don't have any customization <laughs> options uh, in your RSS for, uh, you know... Making value tags, making podcasting 2.0 stuff. Uh, we're also fixing their built-in censorship. So, you know, that is why you will see, like, in um, legacy apps, like the Apple uh, Podcast app, for instance, in Apple Podcasts, you will see us uh, having an episode 169 or 167 called Big Milk, which still works, really. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Uh, Dan points out Big Milk almost sounds dirtier. And uh, in the new podcast apps that use the podcast index, where I do have control over my own feed and can uh, correct these errors that Podbean gives me and uh, the censorship that they impose upon me uh, and say whatever I actually meant to say, which is nice and what I like, in all of those apps you will see episode 167, Big Titty Milk. Because... Uh, we wanted to be specific about what kind of milk it was. Big titty milk. Actually, uh, for those that don't know, our uh, titles all come from transcription errors in the Google Voice Bot, which is a slick method of naming episodes that we picked up from the hogs over at hogstory.net. was a brilliant idea, and uh, we like it too. And there's always a uh, 
There's always an error to be found, at least when you call in. Yeah, and that's one of the simplest ways to give value to the bowl. I mean, easier still is just passing the bowl to someone you think might enjoy it. True. But every week we have a first time I ever topic. And this week we want to hear about the first time you ever got a pet. So all you've got to do is pick up your phone and call 816-607-3663 and the play of You can even leave a text message if you're voice shy. 816-607-3663 works with texts too. Picture mails, any of that good stuff. Uh, we did have another boost. Uh, can you guess the amount? 6969. 69! 69, dude! Out of Fountain from Fletcher, and he also sends uh, a message, sit on my face and tell me that you I'm love me. I'm a Bitcoin me. guy. <laughs> I stepped on myself. I didn't expect it to load right away and fast. See, uh, whatever they're doing over at Bean Team, uh, Nodebit, you're killing it because that's just resolving like that. I'm a big Bitcoin guy. Bitcoin guy. Big Bitcoin guy. Big titty milk Bitcoin guy. What can I say? Ew. Oh, the boost bot. Yeah, they told me the boost bot is not working. Well, uh, let me see if I can get that. I told them that was part of the issues on our end. <laughs> And just moved well, on. Well, I had to refresh everything. <laughs> so, uh, there we go. <clears throat> oh, and looks like he came on just in time to show us another one's coming in. 69! 69, dudes! Woo! Another 69, 69. Comes in from Fletcher. Mustache rides, anyone? I would like a mustache ride. I want one! <laughs> I want one. <laughs> There's nothing stronger than having it be done in front of a crowd. Oh, man. Oh, man. No, I appreciate all you bowlers, because I am feeling <laughs> a little bit better than I was even 30 minutes ago. Yeah, it's just the positive just energy of the bowl. It helps. It helps also to puke whatever evil is in your gut out into the bowl and flush that shit yeah. the fuck away from you. So You got to. And you usually do feel better after that puke. Yeah. And yeah. boy, that was a rough one. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> Usually the sound of barfing doesn't do much for me, but ooh, ooh, I could feel my gag reflex tingling. I was yeah. like, ooh. And I still brought you a bottle of water in there. And then you whisked me away with your I hand. I was like waving my hand like, like, why are you in here? Yeah. <laughs> Get the fuck like, out of here. And I was like, retching. I brought you water oh, because yes. I know I like to rinse my mouth after that shit happens. If I don't have a toothbrush at the ready. Yeah. Well, it's helpful. Yeah. I appreciate that. Appreciate you. Appreciate everybody. Yeah. It's a big appreciation circle jerk right here. That's Everyone right. grab to the right and... Uh, value for value. It's a lifestyle, man. You can use this uh, cocoa butter petroleum jelly. I got a great deal on it at the uh, bargain zone. Yeah. Just grab to the right. Use this. <laughs> Smells great. Yeah. There you go. There you have it. Oh, man. Well, I think this is a great time as any for a little bit of... The most important thing going on right now in Bitcoin is that uh, tomorrow there's a KC Bitcoin meetup. Ah, very important. And you're going to want to do it. Because uh, Captain Sid is coming. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, 
Captain S I D H uh, is his Twitter handle, yeah. and he's doing an across the country uh, Bitcoin tour on his Harley. Ooh, and that's he's just cool! Motoring around and uh, spreading the good word of Bitcoin and going to as many meetups as he can across the country, which is a lot of fun. Very cool. And uh, again, I'm going to have to be doing uh, a little bit of waiting on this stupid shit to load in order to tell you that um, tomorrow it is at 6 p.m. Central. There we go. Holy Moses. Um, I will link in the show notes the invite, but um, you remember Cancun Fiesta Fresh. That was the... That's where we bought tacos and margar- or burritos and margaritas with Bitcoin. That's right. They started accepting Bitcoin over in Westport. Uh, they have another location. Oh. Uh, Bricks Latin American Cuisine. It's the same owners. And uh, I believe they are... Ah, yes, they're closed on Wednesdays. And I don't even know if they've done a grand opening officially at this location yet. But uh, that's where we're going. And will we be able to purchase our burritos with sets? Yes. Yes. Yes, we will. That's the most appropriate thing to do on Rare Encounter Wednesday. Yeah. Get a burrito. A burrito for every show, and for every show, a burrito. That's right. Can't go wrong. Get some burritos, too. So, yeah, uh, go to kcbitcoiners.com. The meetup link is there. and uh, I'll have it linked in the show notes, too. Yeah, you can just click it on, on, click on it in the show notes. It takes yeah. all the guesswork out. Um, you also might have heard there's a little bit of an absolute fire sale going on uh, on the Coinaroonie, and I can do this is so fun. I can check on all the different URLs that re- will maybe resolve and how fast they resolve or how long they take. It's astounding, really, that like we're streaming data and streaming packets in and out just fine, you know. But it's it seems to be these initial uh, requests and responses that just take a while. And then once a once a new URL finally does respond to you, then it seems to work just fine. Hmm. And uh, I wonder what the fuck is up with that? What's going on? What's doing that? How do I know? Yeah, don't. See, see, Dubs, I missed that chat from earlier. Gas is up, petroleum jelly is down. Scam. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck is that all about? This old uh, tub of the uh, petroleum jelly it was only a buck fifty. And you just can't get petroleum jelly for a buck fifty. Let me tell you, <laughs> good old petroleum. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the Clark Moody dashboard add that to the list of things that won't resolve. Yeah, well, I'm seeing not uh, from Clark Moody, but uh, I'm just seeing from my sources about twenty one thousand eight hundred fifty two bucks right now. Ooh, and you got an even better number. I just in did the a chats. yeah dot BTC in the chat, and Chad will tell you. The current price of Bitcoin, which uh, he says, according to Chad, it's twenty-one seven seventy and forty cents. Fire sale. Fire sale. Absolute fire sale. Uh, Celsius is getting absolutely wrecked. I saw over, that over the weekend. They paused their withdrawals and uh, everything's. I think you probably can still deposit though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing. I'm just guessing. Um. No, I think that with withdrawals and switcheroonies, or was they do like switcheroonies or something? I think where you can exchange something for something else, uh, as far as tokens go. You can swap a crypto for a crypto. As far as shitcoins go? Yes, exactly. And, uh, ah, yeah, Celsius tokens at 61 cents. You could round it up to 62 cents. Uh, and yeah, their whole lending scheme. 
uh, kind of fell apart. Why? Well, because, you know, it's hard to pay people out while the price is going down um, as, as locking up their coins. And uh, there's kind of a dovetail in what happened to Luna and UST in that. But um, there was a service a few years ago called uh, BitcoLoan.com. And I doubt any of you have ever heard of BitcoLoan.com. It was a very small site. Uh, most of its things were in uh, kind of poorly worded English. It seemed kind of like Eastern European of origin. As far as I could tell, I couldn't really tell much about it. But I was into faucets at the time uh, that I was kind of getting back into Bitcoin. This is before we were noted. But, um, and I think before we'd even heard of uh, uh, the podcast 2.0 project starting back up. But I was just kind of interested again because I had started playing the poker again, right? <laughs> the poker. <laughs> and doing the uh, degenerate gambling. And so then I was also clicking through. Uh, I was like, oh, man, I wonder if faucets are still a thing. And it turns out, kind of. Uh, you can get faucets that will just drip out the uh, millisats. They don't even drip out full sats anymore. It's like millisats that you oh, can wow. get uh, and like click on enough ads to get up to sats, which is just ridiculous, man. But uh, I, you know, um, I used to be pretty hooked on certain faucets. And so I was just trying to crank through and see if I could get to like numbers enough to withdraw. And I saw an ad for this Bitco loan place, right? <laughs> and this Bitco loan was a similar thing. It was, um, you could put in Bitcoin or uh, Dogecoin or Ethereum. I think they had a, another option. I can't remember exactly. Um, but the, the deal was that you could loan your coins to other people or other businesses right and then they'd have like the the length of the loan and the percentage yield and like all of this kind of shit right and you just lock it up for uh anywhere between 30 days and 180 days some of them were like 200 and some days like loan terms and so i put coins in there and i did it uh <laughs> and i did some of the short-term ones and then um, I, the, the AP, the yields were insane. And this thing was like new too. It was like, it, it just, it had just been made and it was like in existence for like when I put my coin on there, it had only been around for like five weeks and, um, the time expired and the loan went out and I got my yield, you know, it paid me out. Like, so I pulled, uh, all the original coin off of there. I had earned because I locked it up in a, a couple of different loans just to try things out. Pulled all the uh, coin that I originally put on there plus the yield off, or excuse me, minus the yield, just like minus some of that I've made uh, that I'd made. Yeah. And then I dumped it again into there. Uh, there were, I think the smallest one was like 158 percent return, but like the biggest one almost tripled the coin. Wow. After the time period. You know, it was like ludicrous. I was like, how is this even possible? This is, seems stupid. So then I pulled uh, everything. Eventually I pulled everything plus a bunch of profit off of there. And I was like, I was like, this is so, got to be some kind of Ponzi. There's no way this is going, uh, this is going to last forever. This is too good to be true. But I did keep some of the earnings in there to still spinning around. 
And uh, it was probably about six or seven months, I want to say. And then just one day, they paused withdrawals. And they were getting ready to do some big upgrade to some new method, you know. Oh. Yeah. An upgrade. <laughs> and then the upgrade wasn't working, so withdrawals couldn't be unpaused. But you could still deposit, and you could still start loans, right? And you could still lock stuff up. So I was like, damn, they must be uh, just, you know doing the last hurrah thing like everybody put in money put in money until <laughs> yeah. we like have to disappear like the people are getting wise to it and uh some people were posting on reddit and other places like oh this bitco loan is a scam you know and i had kind of got that sense i mean it just felt very scammy from the start you know yep. very well designed uh the website looked like um beautiful and um the typical you know uh, JavaScript bloated uh, web templates that you can get that looks all right. But yeah, they uh, yanked the rug and uh, and then just at the end of that certain week, the bitcoloan.com website, it uh, just said this site can't be reached. The DNS address, DNS address could not be found. <laughs> Oops. Uh, and yeah, it still to this day does that if you go to bitcoloan.com. And I can't really find much about bitcoloan like written anywhere i've searched it a couple times just out of amusement because uh i was lucky like i did i did lose coin right like there were there were still loans locked up that i had on that exchange too or whatever the fuck you call it, it wasn't exactly an exchange it was like a micro loan service or something but even at the beginning i'm like okay who are these people it would just like generate like a, a person's profile picture and their name and they're like oh yeah, uh, Bethany is taking out this loan for 90 days from you, you know, and she's paying you back 189% or whatever. It's like, uh, all right, what is, is this for real? You know, like how do these people, who needs a loan for 90 days and that's going to get them to that? You know what I mean? Like payday loan, payday loan. Like how am I doing payday loans over my phone over Bitcoin? It doesn't even make sense. And that's, that's how it was a big ass rug pull. And so when they got the, uh, when they got enough people in, you know, they have to pay people out and make it legit in the beginning. So if you're in early enough, it's like any pyramid scheme. If you're in early enough, then you can actually, uh, break, break even <laughs> or make money or, uh, get out, uh, in time. But over the course of too long, you know, you can get wrecked. And get wrecked, and a lot of people were seeing the returns and seeing the massive gains, and just dumping it back in, like dumping it all in, just wow. letting it ride, letting it roll. Okay, fuck, let it ride, man. So a lot of people didn't even test a withdrawal at all. You know, mm. they were just like, "Oh shit, I guess I'm gonna do this forever." <laughs> Watch my number go up, until one day, the doors are closed and the vaults are locked, and uh, you can't get your shit. Yeah. You go into the office and it's completely empty. Oops, what happened here? So, yeah, stay away from uh, Celsius or any place that uh, promises you risk-free yield because there's no such <laughs> thing as risk-free yield. Risk-free, yeah, that's good. Uh, stay away from anywhere you're locking your coins up because they're not yours anymore. They're not really locked up. They're given away to somebody else. Uh, and if you don't have the keys, you don't have the cheese, my friends. You're going to want to uh, have custody of your own Bitcoin. Because if you don't, it's not yours. It's somebody else's and they're telling you it's yours. But that's not really enforceable. 
by you. That's today's uh, on-chain, off-chain lesson. Uh, and lesson two is grab yourself some Bitcoin while it's nice and cheap, man. Yeah. Because um, as the shit coins die and fall, you know, the, everything sinks with it. The markets get roiled and wrecked. And I don't know if you've checked, you know, the rest of the markets, like, I don't know, stocks, <laughs> Wall Street, but uh, everything's getting real fucked really hard in the ass right now. Yeah. It's the right month for that. <laughs> uh, you like that, Boost? Wait till you see what happens next. Yeah, wait till you. This is a great headline I saw. I think it was the day after last bowl. Uh, 33 children, three teachers waited desperately for over an hour during Uvalde massacre per analysis. So this came from NBC, and the analysis, it was just a regurgitation of the New York Times. That was it. That's the analysis. That's, and, uh, and it's like, they won't let the story die. You that's know? the hard-hitting analysis we've come to expect from the mainstream press. Yeah. Yeah. And they just run down the, the you know, alleged stats. Uh, 19 children, two teachers allegedly died. The 33 children and three teachers they mentioned in the headline had to wait an hour and 17 minutes for cops who were allegedly waiting for tactical gear to be delivered. They wanted these protective shields, and they couldn't find a key for classroom doors to get in and pull everyone out, allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> then they want the, they end the article with, uh, you know, investigators want to know if any victims could have been saved with a faster police response. Probably not, because the police got there and then just stood around, right? So... Yeah, but if the police hadn't stood around, if they had just ran in with their tactical gear already or whatever, oh. would people have been saved? It's like, hmm. Likely? Likely, yeah. Likely. Yeah, I always thought that if you signed up to be a cop, you were signing up to be a bullet sponge. Like, that's part of the job description. No, you're... But regardless... You're it's, signing up to stand where the feds tell you to stand yeah, exactly. and shoot who the feds tell you to shoot. <laughs> the whole thing glows, so ignore it's... who the feds tell you to ignore and arrest who the feds tell you to arrest, and you're just a little bitch boy for the feds. That's what a cop does. Yeah, nowadays. So, good fucking luck. Maybe forever. Good fucking but... luck with public school. Good fucking luck with being a cop. Good fucking luck with being a faggot fed. Go fuck yourselves. <laughs> fucking sick of it. Anyway, I'm feeling really great today. I know. Uh, 65% of men think that they're healthier than others, and 33% skip annual exams. We gotta get them numbers up. Those are rookie numbers. <laughs> yeah, they talked about the magic number percentage of men believing that annual checkups are unnecessary. Good. For the most part, I agree. <laughs> yeah, that's low. <laughs> the last time I, I went for a, uh, what do you call it, a physical? A physical, you know? I walked in. Uh, they did all the, the normal labs and shit. And it would pee in a cup, give me your blood, uh, check your eyes with the little light, stick out your tongue. Yeah. Uh, oh, hammer the knee. That's a great one. They're like, F what? Fucking clown world Hong Kong forever on that. I just hammered your knee and your knee bounced. <laughs> Whoa. Didn't expect that to happen. That's very strange. No, that's exactly what we want. Um, and then I leave and they're like, everything is good. And maybe they're like, you could have more vitamin D or you could have more iron. And that's it. But I know that about myself. And I've taken uh, steps to fix that. So, I don't know. The whole thing ended up, the article all came together. You know, they have these percentages that they pulled out of their ass. They really they didn't even say where they came from. If it was a survey in a mall or online or what. And uh, then it's like... Um, 
I, uh, let me tell you why exams are so important and everything that Big Pharma says is safe and effective. Like, it just goes into that. And then it's like, if you get your medical information from social media, well, it's going to be misinformation. We saw that during the coof. And it's just like, wow. Okay. Yeah. Good job, Healthline. And finally, a story that Abel Kirby saw before I did in our neck of the woods. A 33-year-old man who was unhappy with his haircut shot a barber and was <laughs> going to execute him, but his gun jammed. Oh, my God. Says report. That's the ending of the headline. Uh, yes, yeah, so this was in Kansas City, of course. Um, the court documents were just released, but this incident happened on June 2nd. The shooting occurred outside of Drake's Barbershop on 39th Street. And this man came in asking about a discounted haircut. Oh my We're God. We're already off to a bad start. Yes. You know what I mean? Uh, the barber, one of the barbers agreed to it. And then immediately after the trim, he starts complaining. So the quote from the owner of the shop was, it wasn't even a bad cut. He did a really good job with it. The man just wanted it for free. And I was like, thank you. That's exactly where I was thinking already at this point in the yeah. article. So uh, he was, uh, the next day, he shows up angry. And he wanted to complain straight to the barber, but the barber wasn't there. The owner was there. And he just starts getting real heated and aggressive. And the owner's like, why don't you sit down? And you know that <laughs> take yourself a seat can be like the final words. Like yeah. <laughs> that can really piss someone off. So then this guy drew his gun and the owner started running. And he was trying to climb over a fence and get the fuck out of there when dude shot him twice in the back. So he fell to the ground. Then the crazy angry man with the bad trim or whatever came and stood over him, held the gun to his head. And uh, the owner, his last name is Murph, Murph was saying his last prayers and they just heard click, 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 click. And the gun just was not shooting. So then one of the big barbers came out and grabbed the guy and sat on him until the cops got there. Jesus. Um, and they got Murph to the hospital and he's all right. He's recovering. Uh, one of the bullets passed just inches away from his spine. So it was a close call for sure. Uh, but he started a fundraiser and he's actually sending all of the money to a charity for kids that basically does like, you know, toys at Christmas and food drives and that kind of stuff. So, uh, dude was charged with first degree assault, unlawful weapon use, and two counts of armed criminal action. But it's funny because it, the mugshot of this man, I don't know if it's outdated or what, he's got dreadlocks. And I'm just like, wait, he trimmed the dreads or what happened here? <laughs> Interesting. I was picturing like a fade or something or just yeah. a short haircut. No, this man has, this man has dreads. <laughs> Interesting. Mm, yeah. Man, I'm so sick of the ignorant violent crime stuff, man. Oh, I know. Yeah, it makes you uh, ill. Yeah. And speaking of ill, people are still getting ill. And they're blaming it on the coof. Because there were 33 new cases in Beijing. <coughs> oh, shit. Also, many places in India. I'll list them off. Vado Dara, India. Mizoram, India. Himachal Pradesh, India. And Chandigarh. India. They all reported 33 new cases. I'm not making those words up. I'll have links in the show notes. <laughs> um, I also saw that uh, FDA or whoever could be approving jabs for kids under five next week, as early as next week. And everyone's getting all jitty about that. 
Because, you know, the jabs work so well. That's why there's a new outbreak or whatever's going on. Yeah. 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 yeah that's why everything. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's why. Uh, no, it's just like Bitcoin. You know, just put your money in. Just put your money. In. Come get the jab. Just don't worry about worry about it later. Just come in. Yeah, it's safe and effective, man. Yeah, safe and effective. Even for your little children. Even for babies. Evil fucks. Yeah. Uh, I saw that. Uh, this is a headline. Monkeypox spreads worldwide. Fourteen seventy-two cases in thirty-three non-endemic countries. Uh oh. Yeah. And then finally, there's a study that came out this week that I liked, um, and it showed that this high CBD extract managed the pathological conditions that causes the cytokine storms. And then they specifically were like, yeah, like severe COVID or other infectious or inflammatory diseases. Um, So they got these extracts of high THC and high CBD extracts from Raphael Pharmaceutical Inc. of Nevada, and... They used strains cultivated and grown by way of life cannabis in Israel. So um, they named them like THCA, THCB, and whatever. And they found that uh, CBDY, which was 62% CBD, 8.5% THC, and 0.1% CBN, and CBDX, which I failed to write down the percentages here, um, performed better than the high THC extracts, but they note reduction was not statistically significant. But what did the best was actually CBDX, which was 35% CBD, 0.3% THC, and 0.3% CBG. And it uh, reduced the cytokine IL-6 by 50%. So they continued further with studies using that CBDX extract. Um, and they found later that it downregulated the secretion of cytokines from activated T cells, which is what they attribute most COVID deaths from, allegedly. Mm. Uh, and it, it downregulated them like 76 to 99%. So fucking big deal. And like I said, it, that was the 35% CBD mix, and the 62% one didn't do so well. What's that all about? Yeah, Isn't that is weird? It's interesting. Yeah. Makes you wonder. Makes me want to go behind the curtain. So what's that all about? Oh, yeah, that sounds great to me. Yeah. Yeah. I could use uh, a little stint back here. Yeah. What can I say? I'll try to keep it concise. Uh, Two lawsuits were dismissed this week. Uh, They were both challenging the Drug Enforcement Administration hemp rules. And um, when they were tossed, they just said, hey, if you got hot hemp, it's fair game for law enforcement. End of discussion. And I know that... I mean, it sucks because it's like how did, 0.3% THC is all you are allowed as a hemp grower. Hot hemp. And how the fuck do you know if it's, you know, 0.5% or like, it's not like you have a testing laboratory on hand. Well, it's like. You have to send that somewhere. How easy is it to just, oh, I sneezed and dropped some keef on it and oh, oh, it looks well, like your hemp's a little hot here, buddy. That's a whole other game. That I'm sure it What's has that been all played. About? Yeah. <laughs> Looks like your hemp's coming back a little hot there, fella. It's very slippery and very hot. Very hot. Yep. Uh, then the U.S. State Department released their 2021 International Religious Freedom Report. Pretty late. Uh, this gets drafted by the embassies. And it just, uh, in a section of it, they were looking at how pot laws 
in other countries respect or violate the rights of certain believers to practice their faiths. Of course, it doesn't look at our domestic laws, which are a shit show, and no one is respected <laughs> currently. <laughs> right. Um, so they really, all they were talking about were the Hindu and Rastafarians. That's it. They all, that's all that they care about. And um, they noted, the only other time I saw a different religion noted was in Belize, where uh, some decrim or legalization was getting pushback from the National Evangelical Association. But I was like, you know what? Genesis 129. Yeah, what the deal is. So, like, this is, uh, have, keeping this under prohibition is uh, restricting my rights as a Christian, you know? <laughs> or Jew. An alternative Christian or Jew, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Genesis is Jew-friendly, so. Hey, yeah, see, there you go. God made the perfect medicine, and man came and made it illegal. That's my religion. It's just like, ah, oh, nature. Look, this was put here for us to use. Oh, well. Um, so in the Supreme Court case, U.S. versus Cannon, uh, the judge upheld a decision this week that a Pennsylvania man on pretrial cannot use medical weed because it's federally illegal. And we saw this in the main case recently. Um, but this guy is a paraplegic who was arrested in 2019 um, for pot and firearms-related offenses. And, uh, yeah, you know, a statutorily required condition of his bond says that he must not violate federal, state, or local law while on release. And they argued, ah, that means you can't smoke weed, even if it's medical or, you know, being used medically. So then he appealed that decision um, because there was a different condition of his release that said... Uh, he could not use or unlawfully possess a narcotic drug or other controlled substance unless it was prescribed by a licensed medical practitioner. And they came back and just denied it because they said, no, it violates federal law. Even if a, you know, doctor gave you a straight up prescription for the weed you're smoking. This is schedule one, man. Bullcrap, man. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we say it all the time. <laughs> there ain't nowhere it's legal. Nope. Not in the U.S. of A. Uh, the, US, the U.S. Supreme Court took up Billadoo versus United States. Might be Billadoo, I don't know. Uh, but this is a case about the scope of protections provided by a congressionally approved medical weed rider. What rider is that? It's the Rohrabacher Farr Amendment, of course, which has been attached to the congressional pro appropriations bills since 2014. Uh, and, and what it does is, of course, stops the Department of Justice from using their money to prevent states from implementing their weed laws. Um, but what happened here in the Billado case is there was a raid on 20 properties in 2018 um, in which more than 600 pounds of pot and a number of cars, including a $190,000 Lamborghini, were seized. Um, more than a dozen people were charged. And Brian Billado here is written up all over the place as an amateur golfer. And he ran a series of grow sites in Maine, which, of course, had a legal medical market at the time. But federal officers entered his sites after allegedly investigating him for two years, took samples of evidence uh, that they claimed indicated some black market stuff going on, and then destroyed everything else that they didn't take um, and charged him with 
knowing and intentional manufacture and possession of weed. Uh, and then they argue here in the court papers, well, there's ample evidence that he was selling weed to non-patients, which is like, how do you know what a non-patient is? By sitting in a car watching. <clears throat> but whatever. Um, so now the Supreme Court gets to decide uh, if this qualifies as the type of prosecution that Congress intended to prohibit with their appropriations rider. And we'll see how it goes. That's just a, <laughs> it got picked up. Now they're going to run with it. The Environmental Protection Agency emailed workers this week with a memo reminding them they cannot smoke weed, even if it's, uh, if, <laughs> even case if they, they have, forgot. yeah, don't get a medical license if you work for the EPA. Uh, this, of course, is, they point to Executive Order 1256-4, Drug-Free Federal Workplace, which was signed by Reagan in 1986. And, you know, as I already said, weed schedule one, federally illegal, even if obtained with a prescription in a medically legal state. Um, so then they just, you know, reinforce the, you can't use it on duty, you can't use it off duty. And they tell them you can't directly invest in stocks or business ventures pertaining to pot growers or retailers, or you could lose your eligibility to access classified information and hold sensitive positions. You can't even get pot stocks? You can't get pot stocks. That's fucking insane. Not direct ones. You can invest in a company that might invest in pot stocks, but you yourself, as a EPA officer or whatever, cannot. Holy Moses. I know. Isn't that gross? Then there was the Government Accountability Office analysis that came out this week, looking at U.S. Border Patrol enforcement data. And uh, good news is pot arrests are down. Bad news is 91% of the agency's drug seizures at these checkpoints are conducted against U.S. citizens, and 75% of those are for pot only. Ugh. And get this, 69% of the weed seizures are for less than an ounce. 69! 69, 69, dudes! Yep. Rock and roll. <laughs> oh, Kaoa. Kaoa could be filed this month. That's the word on the street. That, oh, of yeah. course, is the Cannabis Administration Opportunity Act of uh, Chucky Schumer and his lackeys. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's been meeting with some people and saying, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, well, it's good to go. We're going to file maybe uh, maybe this month, maybe this month. Those pesky Republicans are starting to play ball. Is that the deal? Oh, no, I think he's just going to. He just needed I mean, another headline. Yeah, yeah, got to keep it in the headlines. But the real news that came out of this is that um, Representative Ed Perlmutter of Colorado, and also the sponsor of the Safe Banking Act, which Schumer came out swinging at aggressively with the Kaoa. You know, he was right. like, he was like, no, we don't want the banks working with the weed industry. <laughs> what? Why? <laughs> That's one of the biggest issues. And okay. Oh yeah, because we stand up for the little guy. That was like <laughs> yeah. his whole argument. I remember. So um, Perlmutter and Dave Joyce of Ohio, who had, he's the guy behind the HOPE Act, or Harnessing Opportunities by Pursuing Expungement. Um, they're talking about crafting a bipartisan weed package. And they uh, may have said that out loud at the International Cannabis Bar Association conference last Thursday. So they could beat the Kaoa. I don't like when people talk before action, you know what I mean? It's like, just get it filed and then do your little PR stunt. But here we are. 
Schumer, you know, Schumer, Schumer had the hard 420 filing date and then fucked it up so hard. So at this point, if someone says, hey, we're thinking about doing a bipartisan bill together. Yeah, that's cool. At least they didn't say we're going to file it on 420 and then not do it. True. I mean, that, a lot of people think about filing a lot of bills. Let's let's be honest. Yeah. The lawsuits are what really get me. I am going to file this lawsuit against the big feds. And then they're like, oh, really? Are you sure about that? Because you remember that lawsuit I brought up? Mm-hmm. Haven't heard nothing about it since. Crickets. <laughs> yeah. Big dick cannabis players, but, uh, you know, trying to fight the federal government. Good luck. So the Alabama Medical Cannabis Commission says that fall 2023 is the earliest that products will be available in the state for patients, but that it could take until 2024. So that's not really good news at all. People were expecting it to roll out end of 2022. And here they are saying, oh, no, 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 no. Fall 2023 should be good. But, you know, maybe 2024. It's it's gross how they can just do this to people. (laughs) Have a written hard deadline and be like, nah, not going to happen. They're blaming the seed to sale tracking requirement for the holdup. Which, you know, at least they're not blaming the patients. It definitely doesn't speed things along. No, yeah. But I think they passed the seed to sale um, bill requiring that in 2021. So it seems like they've had a while to get that shit figured out. Right. I don't know. Uh, the California Superior Court ruled that High Times must pay $5 million in back rent for a would-be dispensary in San Francisco's Union Square. Excuse me? What? Yes. Uh, High Times announced that it had acquired 13 dispensaries in 2020, but only six of those ever got up and running. Um, I guess the rest of them didn't have the permits they needed, <laughs> like retail permits on the state and local level. Mm. Um, but... This uh, San Fran Union Square, man, this is a luxury shopping district, and they bragged about getting this dispensary next to Chanel, and there was actually some settlement between them and Chanel, because Chanel did not want a dispensary next to it, um, which is hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) Too fancy for weed. Yeah, you start looking into high times, and you start seeing, ooh, they're kind of a green rush gold digger of sorts, because... They're acquiring all these properties, but they uh, don't seem to be able to pay for them Uh-oh. to get them operational. And then there was this example I saw of them buying things and then not being able to afford it with the Humboldt County Reggae on the River Music Fest. So High Times got it and then immediately canceled it with no explanation. So they bought it to destroy it is how it feels. Mm, interesting. <laughs> yeah. So anyways... There they go, five million in back rent. They hit the bong and changed their mind. <laughs> Just stick with your thing, you know. Do the journalism thing. Don't do the dispensary route. How can you be objective journalist? Oh wait, there are no such things. <laughs> it's, a, it's a hobby, mag man. I uh, yeah. Well, I don't think anybody ever pretends to be a journalist who works for a hobby mag, right? I hope not. <laughs> Plenty of great writers that came out of there. Um. Colorado Governor Jared Polis signed Senate Bill 99 into law, which streamlines the expungement process. Could be good news. We'll see how it goes. And he also signed House Bill 1344, which we mentioned on a previous poll. It will legalize 
MDMA if and when the FDA approves it for prescription drug use. So also in Illinois this week, a lot of action there. And not just shooting action. Um, (laughs) Governor J.B. Pritzker signed House Bill 4392 into law so that courts can no longer deny petitioners' request to have their criminal records expunged due to failing a P-test for pot in their system. Nice. Which is like, yeah, things are changing, right? And the expungement is for past crimes that are no longer crimes. It's like a... It's a step in the right direction after all. After all, it's a step in the right direction. It's a step in the right direction after all. It is like that. And, you know, Illinois is taking another step in the right direction because the Department of Financial and Professional Regulation announced the next step to issue 185 recreational licenses. Those, of course, were selected in three lotteries in 2021. (laughs) And they've just been waiting. So... Uh, applicants have to finalize some statutory compliance checks. Principal officers have to submit an affirmation form, whatever that is, by July 1st. And uh, they have to prove that they're not delinquent in taxes and don't have financial interest in more than 10 recreational licenses. And if they do, those licenses will be forfeited, the extra ones, and then offered to the next eligible applicant in this fake lottery they're going to do for all the people in court saying, hey... I was not, uh, my application was unfairly denied. The virtual simulation lottery? Yes, the simulated lottery. And then in Illinois, in not so good news, um, a judge issued a temporary restraining order which froze operations for 48 craft grow licenses after a legal challenge to the award process popped up. So this is another mega case in a way because it's 12 craft growers together in this lawsuit alleging Mm. that the process was rigged against them and the lawsuit came a week after the licenses were awarded so here's your license don't do anything just yet just hold those licenses and pay your bills or whatever you got to do to secure the location for your dispensary don't go don't come don't do anything that's exactly what they said um so They said that in the lawsuit, there was a lack of consistent rule enforcement to help social equity applicants, and uh, they didn't really uh, elaborate on that, so we'll see what their arguments are there. Um, But they also argued that an extra set of points was awarded to veteran-led teams, which created, they believe, an unconstitutional special class. And, fun fact, all 48 winners this round were veteran-led social equity applicants. Um, So there's a hearing for a permanent injunction set for June 15th. Um, But this lawsuit also talks about uh, the scoring process allowing craft applicants to hold licenses without building their facilities and retaining employees that would give them the social equity uh, status. And they worry that that would harm the integrity of the social equity program because you could always just let those employees go and then no one there has social equity status, Uh. the owners of the business, because you can just have a majority of your employees with social equity status, apparently. I see. So, uh, yep. 88 craft girl licenses have been issued in total, but 48 will have to wait. Then there's two bills in Michigan that want to ban fake urine. Uh, It would, if they pass, 
make it a misdemeanor punishable up to a year in jail with a $1,000 fine for someone to distribute, deliver, sell, or possess with intent to distribute, deliver, or sell a drug-masking product. And I don't like that language because that opens it up to so many things. Mouthwashes, shampoos, um, and, like fake penises <laughs> that you yeah. could put fake pee in or whatever. Or, you know, fake jizz for your fetish. And that's why I think, can't you just sell the fake urine as like a fetish novelty product then? I'm sure and, you can. And get around this anyway? There's no way to ban this shit, even if you ban it. It's so out there already. <laughs> it's just absolutely, I don't know. They want to regulate everything. Good luck. Yeah. Well, if you get caught selling fake pee commercially for profit, you could face a felony with up to five years in prison. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. Just change the label. Yeah. Now it's golden shower pee pee juice. Exactly. Yeah. And um, then you'll just put a little sticker on that says, absolutely do not try to pass a drug test with this. Yeah. And, uh. Carry on, business as usual. Yeah, I think it would work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, one of the bills, 134, that says all these things, passed the Senate and is headed for a House vote. Uh, but I, I'm hoping it'll just die there because this is stupid. Just stupid. Stupid. In Missouri, some medical growers must destroy their products and surrender their licenses. It was a litany of Issues noted here, uh, but all just such stupid, dumb law BS stuff. Like, um, the security cameras went down, and then it wasn't reported to the regulators on numerous occasions. Like, how you're supposed to just monitor your security cameras 24 7? I guess you could have it set up to alert you, but then you have to file a report with the regulators every time. Okay, that's pretty dumb, but whatever, whatever. Um, they said there were pervasive irregularities preventing the state from confirming products had been properly tested. Okay. Uh, employees using and applying pesticides without proper training or personal protective equipment. That's pretty sketchy. Uh, leaving medical products unattended, unsecured, or in unsanitary conditions. Could be sketch. But, you know, doesn't say too much there. So... These groups were Archimedes Medical Holdings, which uses the brand name Soul House, S-O-L-H-A-U-S, um, F-U-J-M, and Holistic Health Capital, and they're all based in Perryville. So, um, upon reading into the settlement, it looked like they were just asking them to destroy some product, but the stuff that had been processed could still be sold. And then they have to turn in their licenses, and this way... They don't have to admit to wrongdoing mm -hmm. of any of those uh, noted issues. So it looks like third-party management is going to take over the operations and that they will continue under just someone else. Weird. Yeah, and it's just like the current uh, listed uh, person who runs this joint has to just turn in their license. <coughs> so we'll see. I just thought it was weird. They're all in Perryville. We did get a twenty-two twenty-two from Net Ned. Woo! Out of Fountain, who said golden shower pee pee boost. <laughs> Thanks, Net Ned. Um, in New Hampshire, Governor Chris Sununu is complaining about the northern border and drugs being smuggled over it. I wanted to clip it, 
but like I said, the internet's been fucky. Yeah. And uh, he was on Fox and Friends. But you know what he said? I shit you not. I'll have what a link say? in the show notes so that people can go listen to him say it himself. He said that the marijuana and the cocaine coming from Canada over that northern border is laced with fentanyl. Mm. He said it. <laughs> so we blame Canada, I We're guess. blaming Canada. <laughs> yeah, he talked about uh, being forced to send all of his border patrol to the southern border, which I was like, I didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> hey, uh, all you uh, northern border dudes, no, you're, you're going down south. And so then he's like, now it's just wide open. They're just coming over with their drugs, all of them Canadians. I'm like, yeah, where they have fake legal weed at least, you know. It's got uh, checks and balances on it. It's all tested in a lab and shit. But no, 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 it's it's laced with fentanyl. If it's, like, it's who, weed, yeah, then it's got fentanyl in it. Who gave him that talking point? Where is this coming from? Feds, right? Like, this has got to be some fed thing because... <laughs> called propaganda yeah it's ridiculous it's ridiculous and every time a state says oh no we have some of that in our evidence room they end up coming out weeks later and saying uh no we actually didn't know that that was just normal pot it wasn't laced with anything so what's that all about so what is that all about connecticut looking at you you fucks um in new york city the Metropolitan Transportation Authority is being sued by a worker who claims he was demoted, subjected to random drug testing, and forced to attend drug counseling for legal medical pot use. And I see where this could be sticky because transportation jobs, generally banning weed, schedule one federally illegal, but we'll see where it goes, especially with New York rolling out recreational. Uh, and then... In North Carolina, legislators sent Senate Bill 762 to the governor's desk, which would permanently legalize hemp, aligning with federal law. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. It's weird how there's that flip-flop, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, it is weird. It's illegal for weed federally everywhere, even though it's legal in states. And then hemp's illegal, or I mean hemp's legal federally all 50 states, 50 even states though there's legal. very few states that actually allow it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so. what a... What a shit show our our weed laws are. Honk, honk. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um. So here was a good one, and I <laughs> I have a link. I was able to get the image to load, but not the source, which makes me not even want to report it. But it it was so juicy. I have to. Uh, the CEO of an Oklahoma-based medical weed company, replied to a sales rep from this group called Vangst, which just happens to have just published this big, or they're pushing it as big, report on LGB rainbow representation in the weed workforce. Mm. And it was a pitch of, like, you know, become a member and you can get this or blah, blah, blah. And then the person signed off their name with uh, their pronouns, you know, she, her, hers, whatever. And <laughs> if this is real, the screenshot of his reply is so good. He just said, I don't communicate with ignorant cunts that cannot figure out what a woman is. You're a she, her, hers. Please die so God can rectify his mistake. <laughs> 
<laughs> I was like, dude, you typed that out. You typed that, and then you sent it to this company that you know is on that train. Wow. High on shit stain. <laughs> like <laughs> Something about getting a dude behind a keyboard, man. Dude, I just, I couldn't get that thought out of my head. After I read it, I was like, things would be on, uh, I'd just hear things around me or whatever, out in public yesterday or whatever. And I was like, just in my brain, please die so God can rectify his mistake. Like, it's just, it's so, it's so good. It's, it's good. It, oh, it gave me a, more than a chuckle. So good. So good. Uh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <coughs> Don't say the shit in emails that you don't want to go in public. But I, in a way, I hope this is good PR for that uh, medical dispensary. You know, like I hope people go there and they're like, "Fuck yeah, dude!" <laughs> <laughs> you tell them to go die so God can rectify his mistake. Savage, just savage. I don't know. People are out of their gourds. July first, Oregon will become the first state to ban synthetic. Weed products from being sold at grocery stores and other retailers like convenience stores or places where you normally see them. Right. Uh, the regulators are saying they are concerned about chemicals used in the production. To turn the freaking frogs gay? Mate, that's They're not worried about that. <laughs> not at all. That's been going on. That'll keep going on. Um, but, you know, any cannabinoid that's not THC is pretty much unregulated and can be sold wherever. But not in Oregon. And um, like I said, this goes into effect next month. So people are going to have to clear their shelves or face repercussions, I guess, with fines. So is that the D8 and D10? Or is that like the potpourri shit? It's like the D8 and D10, but the um, synthetic versions. So like if you can prove that Mm -hmm. you took many a small amount from the plant to put together... (laughs) and make your product, then you're good to go. But many of them are, you know, synthetically creating these things. Well, you can get it from CBD and such. I see. I'm not the scientist. I'm not about to... That's a blind spot for me when it comes to all this stuff. Yeah, and I thought, well, my... They said that um, in July of 2023, so next year, uh, the synthetic cannabinoids can be sold in shops that are sanctioned by the Oregon Liquor and Cannabis Commission, you know, saying, hey, these products went through rigorous uh, and expensive testing and they are approved by the FDA. They want FDA approval. And they want to put a disclosure label on the product saying that they contain synthetic cannabinoids. And I was like, that just seems fair to me. Like, why don't you just say, oh, the DA is synthetically produced? Yeah. Or whatever. Like, and why didn't it just be left at that? I'd feel a lot better about, like, a lot of different regulations if they were just about uh, transparency rather than about banning shit. Yeah, exactly. Like, just tell people what's in there. You gotta say what's in there. You gotta tell people what's in there if you're gonna sell it to people. Yeah. That seems more reasonable, at least. Because it's like you. I'm on the same page where I didn't even think about synthetic creation of cannabinoids i'm like oh it's cannabinoid comes out of the weed (laughs) you know and i don't really see a lot of the potpourri spice bullshit you used to see back in like 2010 2011 2012 yeah that is largely gone maybe a little bit at a sex shop but i don't know not yeah it's not as pervasive as it was so i don't know but uh, 
yeah, I, I like I read the the label thing and I was like, I'm down with that, but this whole no one can sell it except for people we give a sticker to. Yeah, that's BS. Then you're picking winners and losers again, and and here we go. Now it's not 50 state legal. You know, now it's 49 <laughs> state legal. Yeah, well, the joke about that was it never really was but, right. Yeah, it's yeah. uh What am I going to argue with the guy behind the counter? It's all a joke. <laughs> He's not going to believe me anyway. So who cares? Yeah. Um, in South Dakota, they just voted on the seventh. And voters rejected a constitutional amendment requiring ballot initiatives to get 60% support in order to be enacted. Which, of course, is good news for the uh, folks trying to pass recreational once again. Because I think it passed with about 54% in 2020. That sounds right. And, you know, interweb sucks. Can't look it up. But <laughs> <laughs> Oof. Yeah. It's been a rough week. Um, what a great week. Also, your birthday week was a lot of fun. In Germany, officials are taking a step in the right direction. Um, oh. They're going to roll out legalization, starting with some hearings with people who will be discussing policy change from around the world um, so that they can try and narrow down exactly how they want to do this thing. But they reached an agreement last year that they were going to end prohibition and enact regulations for a legal industry. And uh, they have an FAQ <laughs> that I will have linked in the show notes. Um, it's a preview of the plan that really doesn't say much of anything, but it's called Cannabis, But Safe. But Safe. Yeah, But Safe. For June, it's But Safe. Nice. Except it's one T. They're going for like Cannabis, But It's Safe and Effective, but. you know? But it's in... <laughs> I just cracked me up. Cannabis, <laughs> But Safe. <laughs> okay. Anyways, they say that fucking Germans. <laughs> they blame the uh, coof for delaying things and say, you know, this is the first step to move forward. So yeah, of course, it's always the coof. Yeah, you gotta blame something. It's fucking embarrassing. And they can't blame the weed because it's not legal yet. So you know, and they're you know talking heads. Gotta wait. <laughs> you gotta wait a little while for that one. Let's blame it on the weed, everybody. Yeah, that comes later. But topics they're going to discuss at these hearings include health and consumer protection, youth prevention and protection, supply chains and economic and ecological considerations, penalties and licensing regulations, and international experiences. So really hoping no one from the U.S. is there because states can say they have experience, but this whole thing is a shit show. It's not working too well. Um, but they're also talking about creating a service in Germany where you can take your drugs in and have them tested for contaminants and other substances without getting in trouble. Maybe we'll finally find some fentanyl and some weed. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, here it is. Germany will prove that it's happening or not. Uh, this week, recreational regulations took effect in Guam. So celebrate. That's right. Everybody's growing the, the weed out there now. Well. Right? Um, I don't know about their home grow. But in Thailand, Thailand, where folks can grow as much as they want, as long as it's, you know, under 0.3% THC, wink, wink. As long Um, as it's not hot hemp. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly. Uh, Their partial legalization took effect, and more than 3,000 prisoners were freed. Cool. So that's cool. Yeah, that's exciting. Um, And then, last but not least... 
In the uh, United Arab Emirates, a new law went into effect which cracks down on folks promoting images of drugs, which includes a pot leaf, of course. Okay. Um, and so if you are caught wearing apparel that has a weed leaf on it, you can be fined a little over $1,000 and face two years in prison if you uh, get caught doing it again. And the fine is a lot higher for people who are selling, displaying, or passing out things that have a pot leaf on them. So what about the Adidas leaf logo? That's not a pot leaf. Is that cool? That's the Adidas leaf. I don't know. You got to talk to the UAE. I don't think so. But yeah, maybe don't. I'm skipping that call. <laughs> yeah. So if you get caught selling it, yeah, you can, the minimum fine is $13,000. Like if you're ha- handing out or selling high times in your store. Um, $13,000 and prison time. So <laughs> crazy. What a lovely place to live. Yeah. That's why I don't live there. Yeah. Well, good, uh, good segment. <laughs> good curtain. Oh, thanks. Man. Great curtain. I am, uh, trying something new as far as playing the metal here because, um, the Rev did give us a metal moment. Woo! It's currently, uh, in the drive folder. But if you try to download that metal moment, it says... Oh, I can't download it. Can oh. you please enable third-party cookies? <laughs> uh, and so I did, and went back and downloaded it. Same thing. You need to enable third-party cookies. I already did that. So We're going to try this weird FLAC MP3 ACC player and try to play it from the cloud. What do you say about that? I say let's try it. It's like uh, running with scissors all over again, you know? Yes. That's what we do. Wow. It's not going to work, man. Oh, no. There's no files in there. Look at that. I can't even close the window now. That's awesome. Yeah, these are my uh, computer woes, y'all. Unbelievable. Popping up on a bowl night. <laughs> Uh-oh. You got a big link dump. 3333 from Servo. Woo! While you're troubleshooting. It sounded like Sticks was playing down the road at Starlight Theater. Yeah, they had sticks for sure. Well, I didn't know if it was like a cover band or the real sticks. Yeah, REO Speedwagon and Sticks at Starlight Theater tonight. <laughs> so I went outside to shut the chickens into their coop for the night before the show, before you puked. And all I hear echoing through the air, too much time on my hands. I was like, oh, hell yeah, dancing in my backyard. But alas, sticks come to Kansas City on a Tuesday, so can't go <laughs> i will try the uh flush dns thing that sounds like a great one it's just like uh your uh virtual teaching job you know you gotta troubleshoot on the spot an exciting part of podcasting wow it worked <laughs> i gotta find what goddamn i've got nine tabs <laughs> open now trying furiously to get things going i'm sorry you guys oh sorry it's part of the live experience some people thrive on <laughs> this when shit goes wrong <laughs> yeah there are seven people masturbating to the stream right now <laughs> because the things going all out of the shit give me that windows noise oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> Ping. oh <laughs> <laughs> Bing, 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 bing. Especially when you like rage smash it, <laughs> it's just binging at you. <laughs> mm. Oh god. Oh boy, this all went really far off the rails. Going off the rails. But I was just glad we had a show. 
Oh, you bastard. <laughs> 3333 from Servo. Who uh, sent in that noise? Oh, yeah. That wasn't even me that time. That was. <laughs> Thanks, Servo. There's people out there still jacking it. Yeah, there's people out there still jacking it. There's uh, other people with no fucks to give, is what I heard from the Rev, which uh, I might be on that list. I might be on that list, but uh, let's hear what the Rev is up to. In the bowl and in the morning. This here is Sir Reverend Cybertrucker and Kenny and Grogu with this week's Metal Moment. Thomas Benjamin Wilde Esquire has been making comedy music since 2016, with his debut album Awkward Encounters While Walking My Dog reaching number three on the Billboard Comedy Music Album Chart in 2019. And YouTuber Angelo Basanti decided that this particular song needed a metal cover. Here is Angela Basanti with No More Fucks to Give. Oh yeah, Radical, bringing the energy up, bringing the energy up. Woo. Appreciate that, Rev, and you can always follow Rev at RevCyberTrucker, uh, noagendasocial.com. And check them out at RevCyberTrucker.com. Yeah, that's right. So tonight, what are we talking about again? Tonight, bowlers are calling in about the first time they ever got a pet. Ah, the pet. Yes. I remember it well. And perhaps maybe this first caller does too. Hey, bowlers. Uh, so... The first time I ever got a pet, um, so it was um, when I was very young, um, had cats, and I remember that um, our our cat uh, had kittens. This is, I was probably three or four years old, and uh, one of the cats I had uh, was this little tiger kitty named JR, um, and, uh, you know, the other, and uh, yeah, it, it actually kind of brings tears to my eyes to even talk about this because, yeah. You know, back in those days, we we left the animals outside. In fact, we had an outdoor cat as well. Um, and um, yeah, that uh, that little kitten uh, met a pit bull. The oh, pit bull shit. thought it was a nice little snack. Um, yeah, so yeah, let me say it's a little bit of a um, little bit of a traumatic experience. My first pet. Um, the other one of the other cats we kept. We uh, you know, the cat had a good long life. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was kind of my first experience with a pet. Um, and, yeah, you know, yeah, just kind of, like I said, 
But my mom got back at that dog by um, feeding it a uh, meatball laced with rat poison. Yeah. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah, I figured that's. Uh, yeah, that, uh, I don't don't necessarily condone that, but I understand why she did it. So, but anyway, yeah. Like I said, this is a little bit a little bit of a sad one for me, but that's. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, the first time I ever had a pet. Yeah, and unfortunately, right now, you know, yeah, can't have pets. <laughs> Um, maybe, maybe someday, but, uh, but not right now. No. In the bowl, y'all. In the bowl, for In the boy. bowl. Damn, bro. I didn't think that would be on this one, the first pet, but I dude. R.I.P. Kitty. That's, uh, that's too bad, man. No, I'm sorry, man. That was when the MK Ultra programming began. Yeah. Perhaps. Perhaps. Well, perhaps his next caller can deprogram. Hey, bowlers. Hey, Okay. So, this is a little bit of a variation on the first pet because it's actually the first pet that I had cat-wise on my truck. So, of course, I'm talking about the cocaine ship scene himself, Mr. Kashmir. So, when I got him, I was actually looking for a female cat because I didn't want to deal with a male cat and worry about it spraying. And none of the girl cats that I looked at really, you know, gave me the impression of you know, being the right one. So when I saw this little gray ball of fluff in the cage, I just had to hold him. And he just immediately snuggled up to me and melted my heart and the rest is history. He came home with me and he used to sleep on the pillow above my not soon enough ex's head. And... He's always been my bestest fur baby friend. And I'm just so glad that he's in my life because I love him more than words. He's my buddy. He keeps me from throat punching other people. That's why I pet him a lot, especially in traffic when I'm working. So that is the story of my first kitty cat on the truck. And now he's 13 pounds of terror that likes to sit on the dashboard and plot my demise and mean mug me when I haven't gotten off the driver's chair early enough for his liking. But he is a fantastic cuddle bug in the winter. He keeps me warm. And he always sleeps on my feet just to let me know that he's there. And I wish I could say, you know, I hope he always will be. But in reality, I know that, you know, someday he will go to the big kitty heaven if it exists but i'm not in a hurry for that to happen so in the bowl y'all phoenix out in the bowl in the bowl do you remember your uh first pet oh i sure do oh i was born into a house with parrots um so i don't really count those but <laughs> on my oh, was it my f- second birthday maybe i was uh my bio mom Gave me a one of those Siamese fighting fish, mm-hmm. and I named it Shirley because I, <laughs> when I was a kid, I really loved Shirley Temple, and I was just this blue fish, and I kept it. And the damn thing lived for like six or seven years. I shit you not. So when it died, I was in third grade, and I made my family have a funeral for the fish (laughs) and we buried it out in front of my great grandparents house and I cried a lot damn 
Yeah, over a fish. <laughs> the little betas. Yeah, I guess. I think so. It had like long, pretty, flowing fins. Yeah, they look like bantam roosters. And they're me. they're uh yeah like shiny. She was like black and blue. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. Yeah. My fish. That's awesome. And the parrots are still alive. Yep. They yeah. them things live a long ass time, man. Yeah. Hand them down from generation to generation. <laughs> <laughs> well, this next caller is no hand me down. Oh boy, it's a Tuesday. And I opened a window in here. It's a little smoky, little stuffy. Anyway, uh, the first bit I had, it, uh, it was a goldfish. It was a goldfish. I don't remember exactly where we got it. It might have been like a, I don't know if it was a pet store. Or, remember church had those like uh, festival things. It might have been like something like one from that. But uh, I don't know. I do remember though. I'm pretty sure the first, the first goldfish I had was named Tippy. Got real big. And then, it's either my brothers or mine, but uh, anyway, the goldfish I was thinking of, it, it ended up dying because, like, the eye got infected and got all, like, huge, like, the outer eye, they've got, or the outside of the eye, whatever you call that, uh, right, the corner, corner, yeah? Anyway, I uh, got all, like, a large, and I remember getting medication and stuff for it, and, but yeah, so that, that was, that was the first thing, and so we probably, between my brother and I, we had a couple goldfish, and then we had a dog that adopted us, and we had a cat for a for a hot second, but it was sick or something, and like anyway, but yeah, so those were the first animals and the only animals actually. Some fish, cat, and the, the dog we had for years, but it was old when we got it, so or adopted mm-hmm. us. So anyway, yeah. So in the no wait no where where are we? We're in the bowl. Where am I? In the bowl. Got confused from the same smoke earlier. Yep. All right. Well. Stay dangerous. I love you guys. And in the words of Thomas Jefferson Jr. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well played, sir. Yeah, well-rounded. Fish, cat, dog. Yep. Kind of covers all the bases. Man, my first pet. It's weird because there's like a lot of pets around, you know. My parents had a poodle terrier mix before I was born. I kind of grew up with. But then he went to live with my grandpa for a long time while I grew up. Because my dad stopped smoking and his allergies kind of came back. Mm. Um, but the first pet that was like mine, mine, were these, uh, they were the little, um, I think they're called triops, triops, T-R-I-O-P-S. It's like a weird little kind of uh, shrimp thing. Um, oh, it says here they're commonly called tadpole shrimp. Yeah. But uh, it's like the, the ads you see for the sea people. You can grow the sea people. What? And they mail you a little, uh, they mail you a little envelope of eggs, and then you got a little aquarium thing, and you fill it up, and you drop the little eggs in there, and then they hatch, and yeah, they're like swimming around in there eating these little food balls. Whoa! Yeah, they're kind of weird. Not really a pet, but kind of a pet, you know? Yeah, like sea monkeys. You had to care for it, so yeah, I had to counts. feed them every day and yeah. everything. That's why I counted a fish. The. Uh, they're crazy because they're eggs when they're just dry and whatever. Um, they're super stable. They, like, last for a long time. Hmm. So you can, like, send them in the mail and shit, you know, and, like, have them in a warehouse. and Send them around. And then uh, when they hit the fresh water, then they just hatch. That's crazy. Yeah. And they live, like, three months or something. <laughs> yeah, three months. I did a little frog, too. I can't remember how that worked. 
I'm trying to remember. I'm pretty sure they just mail you the tadpole. But that was like a male thing, too. Huh. It was a little different. I don't think it was eggs that I got in the mail for the frog. But I had a little frog. It was like a aquatic frog, you know. So it just swam around the whole time. And, one, and my frog, man. So you had to clean the, the the aquarium every once in a while, right? And I was cleaning the aquarium, getting the water out. And the fucking frog jumped out of the aquarium into my sink. Oh. And like scooped down into the sink, like into the garbage oh. disposal part of the sink. Oh, and no. I'm like fucking freaking out. And I reach down in there and I grab and I pull out this mess of undis like just I couldn't fucking tell what it was. <laughs> no. It was like this pile of shredded something and I was like, what? I was like, Goop. it didn't even turn on. Like what and then I realized that the night before we had had uh uh, potato skins, <laughs> like oh. the bacon bits and cheese on them. So this is like a chunk of like potato skin that is like soggy. <laughs> and then I heard, cause I heard it like jumping around down in there and I was like, oh shit, that wasn't him. <laughs> Thank goodness. And I fished him out of there, but God damn, that fucked me up for a little second. Yeah, I bet. Mm. This next caller well, fucked me up for more than a second. Well, you about to ask me something? No, I was going to say, if we're not counting fish as the first pet, you want to know my first pet? Yeah. That I got on my own accord mm-hmm. would be our dog, Murphy. Oh, damn. Who's now, uh, wow, he'll be 12 years old in November? Yeah. Old man Murphy. If you don't count aquatic creatures, then we had dwarf hamsters. Would have been the first. Well, actually, we had a hamster hamster. Before that, but he was like a menace. He would chew oh. out of the plastic cage and like escape into the house all the time. Yeah, he was uh, he was out of his fucking mind. But uh, yeah, Murphy was the first dog that was ever mine. So yeah, he's a great dog, and you uh, he picked you out or you picked him out. I don't know. Yeah, we picked each other. Yeah, they had named him Tippy. That didn't last long. No, <laughs> I call this next caller Tippy sometimes. Was this the first time I ever got a pet? Yes. Or the first time I ever got a pet that we let stay in the house, or the first time um, an animal showed up at my house? Because the first time I ever had an animal show up at my house, we had this little tiny little orange, like tiny little kitten that must have been just brand new, and we it just showed up at our house and like we gave it some milk. We must have been like six, seven years old, and all of a sudden it take this big green dump right on the porch, and there were worms and the big worms. Must have been 10 or 12 in this green turd this case shut out, and the worms were already sticking out when the turd came out, just wiggling around. Ugh. Like antenna on this green turd. It was the nastiest show I ever saw. The first kit, cat we let in the house, my karate instructor, uh, had a bunch of cats, and we had one named Butterscotch because it was black with a bunch of little butterscotch-colored patches. And then after that, we had these crabs, and we just, like, we had crabs and we had like tiny sharks and we had like little glow in the dark fish. And cause mm. my dad like invested us in this aquarium when we were kids and we would take the crabs out cause they could breathe underwater and we'd set a bunch of army men on the table and let the crabs like fight the army men. Nice. Uh, yeah, it was pretty fun. In the bowl. Crab people, crab people. They did. Oh yeah. You know it. Dangerous as fuck. Dangerous enough to pee you crab before the show. Probably going to peek right after the show. <clears throat> oh, man. I, for a second there, I thought that your uh, karate instructor was a cat. I wasn't sure where that was going. <laughs> <laughs> meow, meow. Uh, I am a cat. Weird. 
never have seen proof that this next caller is not a cat. Mm, technical difficulties. Bah. Oh, yeah. Bah. Technical difficulties. Bah. Bah. Technical difficulties. Bah. 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 Technical difficulties. Yes. Yes. Those technical difficulties. I, I told you, man. Get some of our callers going. Yep. Get some of our callers going. What gets me going is uh, some of the pictures bowlers have sent. Um, we had Mary Heroism and Mary Kate Ultra sending some fun stuff, uh, including some trim work they were doing. And this funny um, poster they found from Raleigh Crump, one of the original Disney Imagineers who uh, created this set of posters in the late 50s. For the Esoteric Poster Company. That reminded me of Bags when I saw that uh, name. Esoteric Poster Company. Seemed like uh, the bags of the 1950s. This <laughs> 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 this poster. It's like smoke marijuana. Price $1 per joint. $15 per tin. <laughs> Superior pot. Sold by your local dope peddler. Has that fine narcotic aroma. Imported by Wetback & Co. <laughs> oh, God. I'll post it in the show notes. Let me see if I can copy image address. But yeah, that was a fun one. So thank you. Yes, thank you, too. Make Heroism and Mary-Kate Ultra. Oh, boy. We also got uh, some sexy topless titty pick for the Spank Bank incoming. <laughs> <laughs> Little Alex Jonarini's. And a dick pic in the uh, bowl. Woo! Proud and tall. And uh, yes, even a last minute voicemail just slid in. Can you believe it? Oh, I believe it. Can you believe it? First, uh, creatures I would have taken care of would have been sea monkeys like Sir Spencer. Uh, First animal that showed up to our door that we were not expecting, but we still took in. I came home from community college, and uh, Mama Barry's sitting there in the front part of the yard playing with a little kitten, and uh, she was out uh, mowing the grass and... There's a combine coming down the road, and she saw this little kitten mewing in the middle of the street. Uh, no mother or nothing. It had a little bit of blood coming out of its nose and anus. And uh, Uh-oh. Mom didn't want it to get ran over, so she call, called it over. And uh, they ended up just uh, taking care of her. Named her Aslan. Um, yeah, she's, she's a cool cat. She's a cool cat. She passed away last year. Uh, actually, <laughs> she passed away while we were doing a show. I remember that. Enough. Yeah. Um, first time I realized that taking an animal in was a mistake would have been when I was in college oh, and my boy. roommates brought in that turtle from the school pond. And if you know anybody that's getting ready to do that, tell them, don't do that. That's just a recipe for nastiness. And then there was that roommate in, uh, when I was working at the theme park that had a little teacup Pomeranian. 
that too was also a really bad experience. I've had just as many good experiences with uh, with animals around the house as I have with bad experiences with animals around the house. Uh, and it's just, I'm like, let your dog just shit everywhere in the apartment. Ugh. Everywhere. Oh. Like you could, you couldn't walk two feet without seeing another little pile of poo there on the floor. Uh, no, that was gnarly. No, the, uh, health and safety from the apartment complex stopped by. They were like, um, we need to come and inspect the floor of one of the rooms because there's a laundry room underneath and we're starting to see the stain come through the oh, ceiling. Oh, gross. It was because the dog was pissing in the one corner in her bedroom. Oh, no. Repeatedly. Uh, so that shit's pretty gross. The turtle was pretty gross, too. Uh, it's, it's, it's a definite toss-up between which was the grosser of the two. But Aslan, our cat, was great. She's a good girl. In the bowl. <laughs> in the in bowl. The bowl. <laughs> oh, my God. No, thank you. Yeah, that's gross. Only one cure for that. Ah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bowling. Yeah, let's go bowling. So, um, sanctions are being sought against the FBI over a Civil War gold dig video. This Uh-oh. is, of course, our Finders Keepers friends. That's right. Who made the mistake of helping the FBI find out with all of their years of research where... An 1863 shipment of Union gold may have been buried. Oh, boy. Yeah. The location is Dent's Run, and uh, the gold was allegedly on its way to the U.S. Mint in Philadelphia. But um, the feds went out there and dug for three days and then claimed that they never found anything of value. Yeah, I remember. Um, So... In a recent bowl, we talked about the documents that were finally coming out from the FOIA request that Finders Keepers attorneys filed, and the FBI initially told them that they had 17 relevant video files, and then, without explanation, they changed that number last week to four. Uh-oh. And all four of the videos that were given to Finders Keepers by the FBI were Finders Keepers videos that they gave to the FBI. I smell a rat. Yeah, showing, you know, whereabouts the dense run was and where they thought the gold could be. Right. Um, But what the feds didn't know was that Finders Keepers set up a hidden trail camera during the dig, and they captured what appears to be an FBI agent with a video camera at the hillside dig site, with other agents in the background. Um, so so they know there's video. Yeah, they know there's video. So Finders Keepers is seeking legal fees. Sloppy feds. To cover this whole mess. Never trust them. Um, and now they're asking the court to let them depose three feds. Jacob Archer, who is from the FBI art crime team in Philly, who oversaw the whole dig. <laughs> um, the unidentified videographer in the trail cam still and Michael Sedell, the FBI section chief for records dissemination. There's just a lot of stuff not adding up. Gotta depose them all. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, Before you roll another one, or are you finishing this one up? No, oh, that was the end of it. Uh, we had a slip of the last last minute <gasps> voicemail. Woo! 
Ooh. A lady boy. Late. Latey, as in late. The first pet I had was a fish, a uh, goldfish. I think, I think it was from a fair. Uh, actually, it might have been like kind of like an angelfish. Uh, whatever those, they had, it was like black and it had like the uh, multicolored fins on them. Uh, they had them in those little square, like, uh, I guess it wasn't really a, even an aquarium. Uh, you found out later that you did not get that. You got him in a plastic bag to take home. Yeah. So, yay. Uh, and we had it for quite a few weeks. Uh, I was fish, I was feeding it. I would coat the entire top of the tank. Oh, that's a lot. <laughs> with fish food, which you're not supposed to do. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Did about four or five times before, uh, my mom realized I was doing it and told me not to do that. The fish might die, and uh, two, three weeks later, the fish died. Damn it. Um, <laughs> but uh, I remember we had uh, some hamsters, too. Uh, you know, they, uh, they've they got <laughs> life expectancy on them is not very long either. No, a couple um, of years or something, maybe. But when I was in, God, was that sixth grade? Nah, might have been like third grade or something like that. Uh, when the school uh, was closing for the year, they, like, gave out all the hamsters they had there. And we had one, and it was a mean son of a bitch. Uh, and my mom called it Fat Boy because the faster would eat like crazy. But the uh, the only one that didn't bite was my mom. And that stupid hamster, actually, that was a gerbil, I believe. Because hamsters are the furry ones. This was the, the gerbil with, like, the – looks like a rat almost. Um but yeah, and, uh, he lived for like five or six or seven years or something like that to the point where it was like, oh my God, just go, go into the light. <laughs> uh, everybody was sick and tired of taking care of him because we, uh, you know, he'd fuck up his, I mean, he literally, we would get those carpet tubes, like the the cardboard tubes that carpets were uh, rolled up. He'd go through one of those in probably like a month, like a yeah, long carpet tube. Uh-huh. Uh, just chewing the shit out of it. So, anyways, in the bowl. In the bowl. In the bowl. Go into the light. <laughs> Please. Please die and rectify uh, God's mistake. <laughs> uh, you can make your next roll now. Sorry with that. Okay. Uh, let's see. A Boston Transit Agency is going to try and put urine sensors on elevators. Oh my god! Yeah. Finally, Finally, they're gonna solve that pissy elevator problem. Yeah, that's why it stinks so much. Everyone's just peeing in the corner of elevators. Um, they're doing it in four downtown elevators as a trial to see how this goes. And the thing is, like a sensor that you put on the ceiling with a fan attached to it, which is supposed to suck in air and smell what is present, and how a machine can smell. I don't know. Um, but if it senses or if it sniffs or smells piss, it will alert an agency person that you got to send someone down to clean that elevator. And that's it. <laughs> that's it? That's it. Yeah. Just, just a alert the silent alert. Yeah. The person in the elevator doesn't know they got caught or nothing. What if you just peed your pants a little bit and it smells it? And then they'll just clean the elevator as a precaution. But uh, this is going to start in August, and they're going to collect data from this process for several months before making a decision about whether they want to 
implement the program or not. Um, but I saw that in Atlanta they had some elevator PP sensors. And if you peed in one of those elevators, it triggered strobe lights, alarms, and alerted the police. Oh, damn. And then the elevator became inoperable no, until it, it was you cleaned. In there. Oh, God. I don't know if it locked you in, but it would not go. Yeah, that's not crazy. That's not I mean, cool, man. Would you step into an elevator with strobe lights and alarms going off? No. No, I wouldn't either. So. <laughs> Uh, Unless it's some, like, secret game show elevator. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Game Elevator. Hey, answer these questions and don't be on anything. You'll win a prize. <laughs> if the pee stays in your pants, you would. <laughs> oh, no, because it might smell that, too. And what if you're just one of those guys that just always smells like pee? It's not your oh, fault. No. It's like a genetic thing. I don't know about those guys. Hopefully it's a short <laughs> elevator ride okay, and the odor doesn't waft up to the ceiling sensor. Uh, who's going to fight for the pee-smelling guys, man? <laughs> they got rights too, you know? Yeah. Or the pee pants. Yeah, I think you have, you're have. you onto something with what the pee pants. What if you just pants, got a, you know? a baby? A baby with the pee pants, the pee, the pee diaper. diaper full, you know? They smell like pee. Yeah. But maybe it's not. I don't know. I don't know. I was kind of surprised it wasn't something that went in the corner that, you know, alerted when it got wet from being peed on. Yeah, this whole smell thing is a little bit like... Uh, it's fishy. It seems fallible. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. But then I was also thinking, man, this is really a thing in Boston that people are peeing in the corners of elevators so much that they've got, they want to put in a sensor for it. We're pissing in Boston. I mean, an elevator cannot take too much peeing in the corners right like didn't the whole thing eventually just fall apart yeah it, it will uh the lights will turn off and sparks will fly and then like the cable will snap and you'll fall to your death well, it's like the pomeranian boobery talked about peeing in the corner of that room eventually like, it's just gonna leak through to the bottom of the elevator the whole bottom could fall out then you're just falling down an elevator shaft when you stood in there why because people were peeing <laughs> crazy uh and uh the amarillo zoo they caught a very strange creature on a surveillance picture at the perimeter fence. And it's uh, it's bipedal. That's all I've got for you. I'm going to post a picture in the bowl now, but it will also be in the show notes. Uh, it kind of looks like a coyote that's walking on its hind legs. But it also kind of looks clothed. So like man coyote? Man wolf? W- could it be a werewolf? I am a coyote. I am a coyote. Uh, popular opinion is chupacabra. I believe it. Which fits, right? Like, that's the right area for that to live. I I said, don't really know all of my uh, creepity kooks and monsters and cryptids, but checks out. Yeah. But the uh, city officials are asking people to email them with their ideas on what the unidentified... Amarillo object, as they're calling it, could be. That'll help. But there were no... Randos in the email. That always solves it. That's, yeah, that's a great move. They don't know what they're signing up for there. Um, There were no signs of attempted entry, and no animals were harmed, and there's also no vandalism. So, yeah, it wasn't out to get anything, at least. Could have just been a drunk, caught at a strange angle, you know? Just wandering, stumbling. Everybody saw the leprechaun say, hey! (laughs) 
Oh, in another zoo, staff were forced to intervene after a dog entered the gorilla enclosure. Alpha dog. What's a dog doing in a zoo? I know the Kansas City Zoo has strict rules on no pets in here. <laughs> We've already got enough pets. You don't bring your own. What if it was the red dogs or whatever they're called? No, this was a German shepherd. Ah. And it just ran in there on its own and then couldn't get out. So uh, the one of the gorillas started chasing it. Yeah. And then visitors started yelling at the gorilla, whose name was Franklin. <laughs> Franklin, no. Franklin, no. Franklin. Franklin. Frank. Franklin. Franklin. Just trying to distract it. It actually kind of worked. The gorilla just kind of stopped and looked around. He's like, what the hell is going on? Am I Who say my things? name? Um, but no, I mean, you know, eventually went back to chasing the dog because that's way more fun. Right. So um, staff was able to remove all the gorillas and then get the dog out. And then they took the dog into a place and they're like, wow, this dog doesn't have a microchip. I can't believe it. We'll never find out who the owner is. So they're just holding it indefinitely until the owner can be identified. But it's like, man, if you were the kind of owner that allows your dog to run into the gorilla enclosure, you're not going to go get that dog. <laughs> right? Seems like a stray to me. Yeah. I'd like to think that. That's just my guess. They have a great PR story for the Today Show or whatever plays all those foofy, look at these animals you can adopt. Oh, they just got adopted because it was on them 5M to a huge audience. <laughs> you know? Look at this brave shepherd entered the gorilla enclosure. It's a good one. It's the one you want. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. It seems kind of a... On the dumb side for a German <laughs> Shepherd, if you ask me. I was like, really? Can't find your way out after you got in there? Bad move, dog. There's a big overlap between dumb and fearless, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's true. Uh, here in Kansas City, a dog was blamed for starting a fire that damaged a house. And they got video evidence of it. Yeah. When you get, like, gasoline and the fucking lighter out and everything oh so a little simpler than that someone left food in a pan on the stove top and the dog which is a big dog it looked kind of like a husky or something big floofy guy uh stood up on its hind legs to get the pan and accidentally turned the stove on which caused a grease fire oh God. which became a raging fire in eight minutes and it was all caught on an internal security camera that they have the creeps. What a dork. Dog, stay oh, away from the pan. Total dork. And that fire starts and you just see that dog like <laughs> look and then just, you know, the head goes, droops down a little, oh, the tail shit. goes down and he wanders out of that room kind of slow. Oops. <laughs> I fucked up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, now they're using it as like a PR thing. It's national news. It's like... Oh, uh, don't, uh, you know, be careful of your dogs. Yeah. Uh, set your house on fire. Tell your dogs not to turn the stove on. Yeah. Tell your dogs I can afford kibble. They don't need to try and stand up and get to the stovetop pan. <laughs> Just don't leave your food out. That's gross anyway. Induction cooktop. Gonna attract flies. Leave the food out like that, you know? Yeah, you can't eat F. it. What the F? Yeah. Yeah, well. An elephant in India trampled a woman. And then showed up at her funeral and trampled her corpse. Double tap. Yeah, it was a crazy one. Immediately, I thought, what the hell did that woman do to that elephant? <laughs> no shit. I've never heard of that. Like, 
This was a 70-year-old woman, and she was out collecting water, and this elephant, straight out of the wildlife sanctuary, saw her and trampled her ass. And was like, this bitch is going down. Yeah. And then shows up at the funeral to do the same thing. They must have had the funeral, like, open air right nearby, huh? Oh, the body was on a pyre. Okay. So the the funeral pyre, the, you know, the elephant goes up, grabs the body, throws it on the ground, tramples it again, <laughs> oh my and then God, dude. picks it up and throws it away before running away. Damn. And I was, I mean, I don't, I'm not an elephant expert, but I know they have a great memory and that they're generally gentle creatures. So why did this elephant single her out? We may never know. She fucked up. But something must have been something dark. Something happened between those two. Yeah. And uh, an elephant is much larger than you. So. Yeah. When you're. That elephant was like, when you're a feeble old woman, I'll be back. <laughs> Good God, man. Yeah. Not fucking around. No. Kind of like a judge who just convicted an Alabama man of littering because he placed a flower box at the foot of his fiance's grave. Oh my God. You gotta be kidding me. Yeah. This onion runs deep. So his fiance, her name was Hannah Ford. She died a month after they became engaged in January 2021. And the man, his name's Winston. He started putting flower boxes on her grave. And um, the problem is that his fiance's dad, Tom Ford owned the grave site at Memorial Park Cemetery, and he's one of those old guys, not old, I don't know how old he is, but he didn't approve of the relationship. Mm-hmm. And so... Blames the guy, probably. He uh, would take the flower boxes and throw them out every time, and eventually he just brought up charges. He was like, hey, this guy's littering on my daughter's grave. And so Winston went to the city and asked permission to put the flower box there, and they said, oh, yeah, that's fine, as long as the family approves. But, of course, this dad mm-hmm. did not approve. And so when he went there with a flower box, he was arrested. And then ordered to pay a $50 littering fine and cover the court charge, which is 250 bucks. So uh, as long as he agrees to stop placing flower boxes there, he will not face prison time. Good God. Isn't that crazy? It's disgusting. It's gross. Yeah. It's like, hey, this is a girl that you both love. So just fucking get over yourselves. Oh, it made me so mad. That's a very sad story. It was a very sad story. Sorry for bringing it to the lanes. Anyways, in India, there's a lot of great stories coming out of there this week. No doubt. Uh, a man reportedly divorced his wife because she only cooked instant noodles. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta get rid of that. He elaborates: breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Oh, Instant no. noodles. Give me a break. So, in India, couples seeking a divorce have to wait a full year to see if they can work things out. And reunion obviously is preferable, but uh, they showed some stats: like only twenty to thirty couples out of eight hundred to nine hundred succeed in staying together. Once they hit that initial, let's get a divorce case. Um, And then they said if a couple just got married, they have to be married for at least a year before seeking a divorce. But in this case, the divorce was instant because it was mutually consented upon on both sides. 
she was feeding him the noodles because she didn't like him either. Maybe. Or maybe she was like, I will find me a man who wants to eat my instant noodles for (laughs) breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Fuck you. I love my instant noodles. Isn't that crazy, though? Best of luck to her. Best of luck to you, sweetheart. At least when I'm not feeling uh, creative, my fallback is lasagna. It's got some substance to it, but (laughs) it's like, uh uh-oh. Fletcher says, where's an elephant when you need one? (laughs) (laughs) Elephant of justice. (laughs) Elephant smells the noodles. (laughs) That's instant noodles twice in one day. (laughs) Oh, People are concerned with this shark that washed up on a beach in Oak Island, Canada, because it was sliced clean in half, and they are wondering what predator could have attacked it. Whoa. Yeah, they're speculating it's an Atlantic sharp nose, but it was in quite a state of decay, so that's not for sure. And uh, there's been no official, like, oh, this is the type of shark it is. I am a shark expert. Um, but they look like a typically smaller type of shark, so I would say they're vulnerable to bigger prey, like other sharks would be my guess. Um, but man, it's a clean cut. It's a clean cut. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll post the link in the bowl, and of course it'll be in the show notes, uh, just so folks can see, cause, oof, just sliced right in half. That's messed up, man. Yep. Uh, also messed up is this cat in Texas, that had the showdown of its life with a coyote this past week. Man, that coyote had the cat on a porch, high above the ground, just going after it. And the cat was smart. I mean, it kept jumping out and hissing and jumping back when it had to. And there was a lounge chair. So the cat got under the lounge chair, which was good for a few minutes. But then uh, the coyote started to figure out, oh, I, I could go under there too. And then the cat got between the poles of the uh, porch, you know, and it was like, you can't get me here. And the coyote was like, yeah, I can't, but I'll figure it out. And uh, the cat was like, you know what? I can't risk this. Jumped onto one of the tall poles and just clung for dear life (laughs) while the coyote just stared at it. And at that point, through some act of God, uh, the homeowner resident saw the coyote and knocked on the window and scared it away. So, the cat lived. And it's a stray cat. It's not even dude's cat. Yeah. Just had the showdown go down on his uh, deck. (laughs) And so, I think the cat lost one life trying to fend off the coyote. But then, when the cat's like, oh, the coast is clear, that thing just lets go of the pole and drops however many feet to the ground. And I know cats always land on their feet, but... It was pretty high up. I think that's another life there. Bonk. Yep. Seven to go, though. Yeah, exactly. Seven to go. I did see uh, this little bonus story, but I couldn't access it with my interweb issues about a baby emu who got an electric wheelchair built for it because it couldn't walk on its own, and now it's running with the electric wheelchair. So I'll have to look at it later. That's all I got. There's a lot we'll have to do later. I'm yeah. going to produce the show. The show right. will be going live and produced in the morning. Because I have got to go to bed. I'm feeling like absolutely trash. But thanks for hanging out. Thanks for hanging in there with us through the technical difficulties, the stomach difficulties, all the difficulties. 
It's been a difficult one. Whoever said 69 is easy didn't try 169, I guess. But hey, we'll be back at it next Tuesday. Uh, no bowls with buds this week. It's Father's Day weekend. Gotta do some stuff. So next Tuesday, we'll be back at it. 9 Central, right after DH Unplugged. Till then, you know I'm gonna be Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City. And I'll be Dame DeLorean. May your bowls burn ever brighter. Bowl after bowl till he's sick. Yeah, he does seem a bit woozy, doesn't he? So when are we smoking some weed? His breath is pure hellfire. Smoking a bowl, sir. Walk on. Smoke on. Mwah. This is serious. Why don't you put some goddamn clothes on? Bowl after bowl. Bowl, bowl after bowl. Bowl after bowl.com. Bowl after bowl after bowl.com.